starting lineup of your favorite show and producer. 5'11 from Blanchester, the cow killer, Casey McAllister, and comic engineer, standing at 4'8, the pride of the west side, Elliot Rearing. go friday is there a better day than friday more times than not if you are a uh that's how you know you're a working man right yeah that's how you know you're blue collar is that if you see friday pop up on the calendar at any point in your life you know right there that that's a good day welcome in to a lovely friday i hear snow is on the way in the tri-state area which makes me happy and by happy i do not mean happy but we come your day not your day, not your day. Oh. We come your way every single day, Monday through Friday from 10 hey. to 12 P. P. Most of the time. Most, Most of the time. time. We're going to try to make it 12 P today. Why? Because we have Scott Springer. <laughs> I'm going to do my very, very best not to say Jerry at some point over the course of the next two hours because it just pops up in my head a little bit. And I know it's Scott. We're thankful for Scott coming on the show at 1145. So he hopes if his plans, fingers crossed, his plane does what uh, he'd like it to do, which is take off on time and land on time. That's Not correct. always the case in the, uh, the, 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 the airplane industry. Nothing right. worse than being stuck at an airport for eight hours what was the for longest, a delay what was the longest, with three kids. Oh, yeah. What's the longest you've ever had to wait, been delayed by, by a flight? Well, that would be my last trip. Um, and the flight was supposed to take off at uh, 10 a.m., and I was rushing to get there, of course. Like, I mean, freaking out, worried, oh, we're going to miss the flight type thing. Get there, uh, make it just in time. We're waiting, waiting, waiting. And then, boom, right there up there on the old TV where it tells you what time your, your uh, departure is going to be. It pops up and says noon. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, okay, noon, two hours. I can live with that. Not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, the kids are, you know, they're ready to get on the plane. So whatever, we go and we find some food. You end up spending $100 at the airport because ultimately at the end of the day, nothing is more, you know, nothing more affordable than an airport place that has nothing but food and options. Mm -hmm. the, only, the only thing worse maybe than the airport is perhaps the ballpark. Uh, so, you know, you go and you spend $100 and then I come back and I look up and this is when it was a little devastating if we're being honest. 5.45. That's the longest. 10 to 5.45. Oh, my God. Pretty bad, yeah. Pretty tough. I think I was waiting for them to come at some point and say, hey, you're going to have to find a hotel to stay in. And, you know, um, usually I, I, we do our best in our family to try to limit the devices, which we don't do a very good job, but we try to limit the devices with our kids. That day, it was whatever. You know, you do whatever you got to do on your device to try to make yourself sane, and uh, I'll be a bad parent for today to get myself through that. But that's the longest I've waited. Have you waited longer than that? I think the longest I've waited, and I, I know I don't talk about my trips to Europe very often, but if I do talk about them, you'll wow, know that I... Wow, you've been I, to Europe? Oh, yeah. I've been wow, to Europe. Wow, look at you, all fancy over the, boy. I've been all over the world. Uh, world Zebra. And so I, we were on our way to, I want to say this was the one to Switzerland. Um, and, and <laughs> You've been to so many, you can't I, even remember. I can't even remember. And we had to go from Chicago to Newark 
And then out of Newark, I think straight there, if I remember correctly. There might have been like a, a stop and then we took a bus somewhere. I don't know how it worked. But anyway, we stopped at Newark. And I think the, the flight was supposed to take off at like 6 p.m. And we were in there until I want to say 1 a.m. before they're like, yeah, never mind. So we're just going to be there all night long. And then we stayed in the airport for several hours and then had the red eye. Not ideal. If you if you have never been to the Newark airport, no fun. No bueno. Not good. Not good. Not good whatsoever. I, and again, I think it's just because there's just so many people out of that one. It's just like there's bound for mistakes. Sure. But it's yeah. not good. It's more not people, good. more problems. That's right. I, you, you know, can we give uh, our local city, our community some credit? Um, I've not been to a significant amount of airports, um, but I've been to a couple at least. And I think the city of Cincinnati's airport, and they just did like a renovation over there. Really? It is, uh, it is very nice. It's a lot better than Orlando's. I'll give him credit for that. Yeah, I, Cincinnati's always been great. Um, I was trying to think of um, the worst airport I've been to. And I, I, don't think there's a, I don't think there's been a bad one. The, the, the Denver one's cool uh, because it has that creepy horse outside. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, They've no. got the haunted horse. But I, I, I'm just trying to think of other weird uh, airport stories. I'm trying to think. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not. Four months any, for but. Ricky by, uh, by being a leader of men, by How the way. And he, wanted to, he wanted to shout you out and said that you're Air Zebra. That's right. Zebra Thank worldwide. You. you think you, you could give him a, a zebra worldwide, worldwide, worldwide? No, I'm not going to do that. You're not going to do hey, that? Hey, Ricky, thank you very much. I love you, brother. <laughs> uh, the, I was going to – what was I going to say? I was just about to say it before you interrupted me with that – Oh, well, my, my apologies for interrupting you. Well, I just, it was just like it's hard to think with all this noise going on. Something I, about okay, the – Okay, yeah, I remember. I remember. I was, I remember well, I'm glad that brain The worst up. flight I ever had, I was on my way to – I was on my way to the college football semifinal. It was UC versus Alabama uh, in Texas. So Zach and I, we got into this flight. It was a late night flight. I think we, I, we, it was delayed for only an hour or so. We got on it. And then, no joke, this flight took off at like 10 p.m. It was like the last second it could, it could take off for the night, and it took off. And we got – so the pilot was like in a rush trying to get down to Texas as fast as possible. Yep. Um, he came down out of the sky so fast, he shattered, ruptured my eardrum. So that whole trip in, in um, Dallas for that UC game – couldn't hear out of my ear, my right ear, gone, broken. That was a bad flight. I actually that that made me feel bad actually. Why? I, I just it just did when you said that he ruptured your eardrum and then you couldn't even hear the. the I couldn't hear the, it. You couldn't hear anything at the game. I mean that that that, that I actually was, I was misery. Kind of made me sad for a second I, I was there. Misery. Uh, you know one thing, uh, pet peeves of mine, uh, and I'm sure maybe pet peeves of some of you, and perhaps although you're a part of this chat, which means I I genuinely love you. If you do this then hopefully I can change your mind and to, to make you not do this. Uh, I don't know. I didn't have uh, uh, talking about airplanes and airports on the, on the uh, rundown here for the first 10 minutes of show, but why not? For those that when the plane lands, I never have understood the people that immediately jump up that aren't in front, of course, but they're like midway or they're towards the back. They immediately jump up and they start just opening up the. Oh, the, they're the, the worst. They're opening up the overheads they're the and worst. they're pulling down their luggage and it's like, yo, you got nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. You can pull your luggage out. You can do whatever you want. You can try to rush to the front, but it's just you're not going to get off the plane that much faster. And if you do get off the plane, we're talking like one minute faster. How? How are these people not? 
they're the same people in my mind that like stand in the middle of the grocery aisle. No, yeah. I haven't done the grocery shopping thing in a long, long time. Shout out to my wife. But my point is, you know, when, when you go to the grocery store, the people that just stand in the middle of the aisle with their cart and there's like six people lined up trying to get around them and they're just looking at the cans of fruit or looking <laughs> at whatever Campbell's soups over there. No free ads, but you got one. Uh, and the next thing you know, they look over and they're like, oh, I didn't see you there. I was like, you didn't see the seven people waiting to get around you? I wish and I hope one day that I'm that oblivious to the world to where I can just live in peace and harmony like those people do. In fact, I think it's jealousy and why I get so mad. What about what about the people who clap when they land? <laughs> what about you land after a long one-hour flight uh, from Cincinnati to God knows where and they just, just give it a little appreciation clap? You a fan of that? I have not really heard that one in a while. You've not experienced that. I have one? experienced that, but I but but that one's been it's been a minute. Um, that's usually what those on the. Uh, to be fair, on some of the aircrafts that you could take, you oh, know, yeah. when it's like sixty bucks one way, <laughs> forty fine. bucks one way. Don't want to don't want to slander any possible yeah. airline companies. Just on like the happy chance that one day maybe we become a part of one or something happens. Who knows? You never want to burn bridges. But maybe that's a rightful thing to do sometimes, clapping on some of these aircrafts. I think, that's, I think that's the funniest thing of all time. When, when people are just so glad that they lived through it and they, had, they have to express their emotions through, through audible noise and clapping while everybody else just sits there like they're on a bus, just on their way to work. It's Fair just enough. very funny. It's very funny. All right, so we did a segment uh, on Off the Bench not too long ago called What I Miss. And we're going to try to bring that back in a different way. But ultimately, what we're going to do is just talk about things that happened the night before or obviously over the weekend that are just fun to talk about. Elliot, what did we miss? What did I miss? Uh, so yesterday, let's, Casey, which one do you have ready first? <laughs> well, right, whatever you want to go with. Let's start, let's start with the big one, Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark. So click Caitlin Clark, just to set this up. Um, she didn't get the, the scoring record against Nebraska. It pushed over to last night against Michigan. Now, what happened was, uh, I believe, the tickets for this game, Trace, the highest ticket sold for this game, guess the price. $125. Oh, the lowest ticket price for this game. This is on outside market, so I don't know. Well, if, like, I don't. I mean, I'm gonna stick with my $125. $250 oh was the gosh. pretty much the, the the baseline fee to see history. Man. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, I I, I don't that's watch that farmers ton, money. That's right. I don't watch a ton of women's college basketball. Maybe it's on me. I just don't. I, I just don't watch it. But when I see clips of her and how she broke this record, which you're about to see, it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. So I guess we'll roll the clip. This is now your all-time leading score in women's college basketball. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? How about a pull up from midcourt? <laughs> That's her, man. That's her. She's elite. Have you not? You, so you're telling me that you've not really got a chance to see her? Is that what? Is that? Is that what I hear? Yeah, I mean it's, it's no, I, I Kaylin Clark. Really Kaylin Clark. You've not watched her whole lot. The only I've only seen clips. I, okay. I've seen when she flopped against Ohio State. Yeah. Okay. I, I've seen a couple other clips, but I know she's good. I know she's talented. Um, she is incredibly talented and she's, she's, she's more than just a shooter. Like she's a good ball handler. She, she's very good at distributing the ball more times than not yeah. teams try to take her away. Right. It's like, Hey, we'll let anybody on this team beat us besides Caitlin Clark. That's usually what happens. 
The one thing that happened over the weekend, though, and, and it, I just got lucky to see this. I'm not one that sits there and watches Iowa basketball a whole lot. Yeah. Although I have on this very show told people, if you get a chance, you need to watch Caitlin Clark because she is incredibly entertaining more than anything. And, you know, people will talk about women's basketball and how obviously it's not as it's not as entertaining as the men's game. And, and there's obvious reasons as to why that might be. But she specifically is – kind of a game changer when it comes to entertaining she pulls up from the logo she'll make really no look passes that you'll kind of marvel at but the thing that that i that i kind of was interested in to see how this would all play out was that all against nebraska over the weekend many of you probably didn't see this but she got two shots at a chance to tie i believe it was tie the game they were down three they needed a three she took two shots one of them was a tough look one of them was a pretty good look and she missed them both uh, so they ended up losing. And I was just thinking if she made that shot, it would be all over. Yeah. It would be all over the, the world, internet, et cetera, et cetera. She obviously didn't ma make the shot, so nobody talks about it. And it reminds me of like the old uh, Michael Jordan quote where he says he missed like, you know, whatever. I don't know if that's actually true, but yeah. 200 and something game-winning shots. But obviously the only ones people talk about are the ones that he actually made when it mattered the most. You miss all the shots you don't take. Michael Scott uh, and then other people as well. Love that. I also um, heard yesterday a good buddy of mine text me and said that he was very disappointed in me. I'm not a culture guy, to be fair. Yeah. That I missed one of the greatest office um, references during the show's existence. And I no, neither one of us acknowledged it. So I want to apologize to you for that. That The Office is one of the greatest shows ever. So the fact that you didn't know is sad. But anyway, anyway, anyway. I think it's cool what Caitlin Clark is doing from a perspective that people always, there's always the haters out there. There's the, uh, what, the Clay Travis's of the world that just make fun of uh, women's sports uh, nonstop. It's cool to see women's college basketball kind of get this, like, absolute, like, I, I, I don't know, explosion of, of people watching it. Like, I feel like, I feel like if there's going to be a women's sport to really grow, it's women's college basketball. And obviously, uh, I, I don't know anything really about the WNBA, but I would assume Caitlin Clark's just going to stay in college and make more money uh, getting. Uh, yeah, NIL well, deals. she's a senior now. She already passed on it, so she could. Oh, she already passed. She already, on she already passed. Yeah, okay. she could have gone to the WNBA last year. Um, well, she, I, I believe they can go to the WNBA pretty much at any time, but more likely than not, the NIL money is significantly greater than yeah. what she was going to receive at the WNBA. The, level, the, so. po the point is, though, I, I think what she's done, what uh, what Reese has done at LSU, I think there's superstars in women's college basketball in a way that really, and again, this is no knock on, on, on any women's sport whatsoever, but in a way that there hasn't been before. I think the women's national team certainly uh, was incredible. You have uh, Alex Morgan, you had um, Rapino, you had all, all those girls. And, and I think that was a team, or at least – the past couple of World Cups, th those teams were elite. Um, and, and obviously a ton of people watched and cared. But I think women's college basketball is, is going to be very, very good for uh, for, for everybody. I think it's I think it's awesome to see. So, All right. Shout out to um, also, another thing that we might have probably not missed, but something we can discuss, is uh, your boy Tiger. Tiger. Uh, Tiger's back. He's better than ever. He announced his new brand. He was wearing it yesterday. Uh, it was going great. Until the back started uh, spasming, spasming up, spasming Spazzing, up. Spazzing. Uh, the last couple of holes, it, it got really bad for him. He birdied, I think. The I think he birdied three holes in the first like five. Um, but anyway, this is Tiger on hole 18, I think. This wasn't. This wasn't good. Oh, Oops. hello. Guys. Yeah. Uh huh. That cut hosel. Yep. Damn. That's our boy. Wow. 
Yeah, my favorite right thing about this, not that I'm, not that I'm, I like the the fact that he hit uh, a shank. Oh, I mean, that's that a is. Shot it's a shank. Yeah, he hit off the hustle. I mean, yep. it, it is what it is. Um, is my favorite thing about all that is, is there was a reporter after the round that asked him. He said, he started the question by saying, on 18, I'm not gonna say the word. And Tiger immediately said, it was a shank. Yeah, it was a shank. Yeah. And um, I, Tiger knew what he had to do. Tiger was saving face right there. All he had to do was say that it was a shank. And like it or not, whether his back spazzed out um, is irrelevant. He had the excuse that his back started spazzing and uh, caused him not to be able to kind of move. And that's the problem with Tiger at this point in his career is that his body's failing him or his body has failed him. And um, – I don't want to say he's done it to himself. That's probably not fair to say. Well, that car accident well, was yeah. pretty. But damn I think bad. that's the that's the, when he got in the car accident that changed his career forever. I don't think that's that's not controversial to say. But the question now I have for you guys would be: Does he have a chance to win one more at any point in his career? And I I'm starting to believe. Uh, I said I would never doubt Tiger, but I think I'm getting to the point now where it's like okay, four rounds of championship golf. I just don't think is in the cards for for Tiger Woods. I don't think he can – again, there's one place this guy can win. There's one place. He's not going to win a British Open. He's not going to win a U.S. Open. And he's not going to win the PGA Championship. It won't happen. He can win the Masters. I firmly believe that. I firmly believe Tiger still has it. He knows the course. I don't think the course is as tough of a, of a walk. It's not tough as conditions as the British Open, U.S. Open. I, I think it's the one course where it's almost a contained environment where Tiger can still shoot well. Uh, yesterday, and again, it was his first round in forever. He shot plus one, and that's with his back collapsing there seemingly at the end of the round. I, I think he's got one more in him. That's, that's my answer. He's got one last stand in him. I don't know when it'll be. Phil did it, too, at, what, 49 years old? He, won he the did, US but Open? Phil, again, like he wasn't in a major car accident. That's where I go back to. This has nothing to do with the shot he hit. I could care less that he shanks a golf shot. That's, that's not the point. It's more or less that he's talking about, you know, he's, his back is starting to spaz out on him. And, again, it's day one of a four-day tournament. Um, Everett brings up the point that John Rahm shanked a, a ball last year. I don't know if you know this, but John Rahm hit a shank last last live tournament in Las Vegas. So it happens to the best of them. It happens to us a lot more than it happens to them. But the point is, is that Tiger Woods at this point in his career, it'll be interesting to see whether he can handle the rigors of just walking uh, 72 holes. That's, 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 that's my mindset more than anything, is can you just – physically walk the holes and be able to still play golf tiger over a nine hole stretch i still believe can beat anybody in the world 100 percent. but doing it as i said over the course of a four-day period is a completely different animal and you know what though there is modern medicine maybe at some point they find ways to to kind of uh to deal with some of the ailments that he has whether that be like it or not, getting shot, getting shot up before you go out every round, or shot up after. Yeah. And I'm not talking about shot up by illegal things. I'm just saying in general, um, things that might help his ailments. Uh, any other things that I missed, well, Elliot? Well, we do have one more thing that you missed. But real quick, uh, Jim M says we should do a chatterbox golf tournament. Yeah, I think we should. That's a good idea. I think we should, and we're, we're going close. to. We're getting there. Yeah, we're we're getting we're, there. Now for the got to find the course, which we've 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 talked to some courses. And, Not that you uh, want to spoil it, but yeah, am okay. I allowed to compete in it? Um, or is I this... think no. I think what ends up happening is is we'll 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 have some hole where like a par three, 
and Elliot, it's an Elliot challenge. If you hit the ball inside of Elliot's shot, then you win a prize. Okay. So I can't compete in it because I would like to win the championship. Well, we all know that that's not going to happen. I think we'd rather utilize does, your talents in a does, better area. I think I think that would be my talent. Do you think? Uh, do you think that the winners of this event would would get a green jacket? Do you think we will supply the green jacket? Because if we're, I'm going to tell you right now, if we're playing for a green jacket, I have to compete in it. I mean, it'll be an off-color green jacket, like a puke green. Yeah, color. puke green. Do you promise? The, do you promise the trophy will be a jacket? Although the, the 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 it will be a jacket, but it'll also be a a monstrous trophy that is a little over a little overzealous, if we're being honest. Okay. I want it to look like you've won a major. Okay. Like I want you to be able to hold up a trophy with your buddy. Yeah. The two man scramble is what we're gonna make it. Two man scramble. All right. So you're not you're not gonna be able to compete in it. No. One. Two. Can I at least like start off? Like you know how like John Daly or not John Daly? Do you know how uh, Jack Nick Jack Nicholas always? Why hits? did you say John Daly? This I, is a, you, you just butchered one of the greatest traditions in all of golf. But you know go how, ahead. Do you know how he hits the first tee shot? Can I do that? Can I hit the inaugural yeah. tee shot at least? Yeah. You're talking about Jack Nicholas. Yeah, yeah. The golfer. Yeah. And uh, there's obviously Gary Player that also does that. Yeah, but I, nobody cares about him that much. Um, Everett wants to know why can't Elliot compete. I agree. I think it's sad, but that's all right. I'll be I'll be the little test dummy. I'll be on hole sixteen, uh, trying to hit infinity shots onto the green. I'll miss them all, but that's okay. That's what we'll do. Uh, the final thing you might have missed yesterday. This is regarding the MLB, Casey, and that little graphic I sent. Uh, Rob Manfred has announced. This is not the video one. This is not the video one. This is just the graphic while he pulls it up. Uh, Rob Manfred has announced that in 2029 yep. he will be stepping down as commissioner. I don't know what your thoughts on this, Trace, are, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is one of, and I'm not kidding, this is one of the worst commissioners in the history of sports. Oh, He's on. done nothing for the game, nothing. I think the one there was a serious scandal under his belt with that Astros thing, and I believe he said, why would I do that? It's just a piece of metal regarding the trophy. That's where he lost trophy. a lot of people. But, Correct, because but, that's, a, that's an asinine thing to say. But can we, here's the thing whenever we sit here and say this guy's the worst guy ever. He, he, I'm not defending Rob Manfred, and I never will, okay? I'm not, I'm not such don't, – don't put me in that camp. But I at least want to give some credit to the idea of trying to, to, to progress the game in some ways in which he has done. He's found ways to try to – uh, make the game a little more entertaining, cut out some of the time. And I, I listen, I'm not saying the pitch clock and the bigger bases and all that should make you love Rob Manfred. But again, I just, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here to some that are sitting here acting like he's done nothing. Is that fair? Kirby said, Kirby corrected me. He did the one thing last season. He made the cool rule changes. He shortened the game. Good on him. That that's one thing he did. That's okay. a that's a huge King, that's a huge improvement. Sure, sure. After twenty years of failure, let's get one right. But yeah, I I, I agree. I, I think. I, well, I don't. Let's agree just with be you, clear. But. You're upset because he called the trophy a piece of metal, and he did well, not. He, he did not think, come down. He did not come down hard on the fact that the, the Houston uh, Astros were cheating. I, I I think that's not that's one of the many reasons. But another another huge reason is not being able to grow this game whatsoever. I think there's been no effort to grow this okay. game market at all. No, it's fair. He's a terrible None. marketer. Ton. None. Every other Adam Silver is phenomenal at what he does. Adam Silver's phenomenal. Roger Goodell. Love him or hate Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell's damn good at his job. All these commissioners around this around sports are better than him. And he is significantly worse. I think he's he will go down as one of the worst commissioners in baseball. And, and, and I guess we'll see. We'll, I, maybe he can change it up in the next four years. 
But uh, as, as, and he might, he might, <laughs> he might. He's, he's got does, four years left, and yet. I think that the, that the media is starting to change. It's starting to it's starting to shift. In fact, the fact that these these legacy companies are kind of going under, if you will, between Bally and Diamond, that is helping the cause of maybe MLB starting to kind of get themselves in a position where they're going to market themselves a little bit better. And you know, here's the thing about Major League Baseball in general is that it's a regional game. Let's stop acting like it's ever. I don't say ever. It was a national game at one time, yes. That was a long time ago. And I was thinking the other night, you know, I'm sure if you talk to our, our great-grandparents about baseball and football, they would be shocked to know that football is as popular as it is and baseball is in the, is in the spot that it is. So things come and go is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Baseball, I was wondering the other day, when we're old and we're crepid and maybe when we're damn near dead, what is this? What does the sports landscape look like? Because in 50 years, is football still king? And now many people are going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the same thing they said about baseball probably 50 years ago. Fair? I would fair. say that's fair. It's fair. The, the only thing that I'm, I'm getting at is that baseball is very regional right now. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Right now, a lot of people in Cincinnati are extremely excited about the Reds. But they don't care about what the AL West looks like. That's where football, like it or not, whether it's fantasy, whether it's gambling, whether it is marketing, I don't know, I don't know what the perfect formula is, but people genuinely care about what happens throughout the other parts of this country. They'll talk about the quarterbacks, and maybe that's part of why National Football League is a little more easily marketable, is because there is one specific position that is very, very valuable, and you can start to nitpick and have fun and debate on who's the best at that position, and it lends yourself to talk about other teams. It's hard to do that in baseball. You don't, you don't, you don't say, well, who's the best shortstop in Major League Baseball? Let's debate that for 10 minutes. You don't do that. You don't talk about who, think, the, who the best ace is in Major League Baseball. You could discuss it in your own little region of saying, this is why you think your guy is the best guy, but you don't really do that across other teams. And that's really what this comes down to for Major League Baseball. How do you do that? I don't know if you can. But I think making the game a little more enjoyable to watch is a good start. And he's done that. Like it or not, Rob Manfred did do that. And the next question becomes, how do you start to market your stars and get them into spots where they're going to be most notable? It's sad that Shohei Otani and Mike Trout have never been a part of anything big at all. Nothing. Two of the game's greatest players that we've had over at least the last 10, 15 years, and I know Shohei hasn't been around that long, my point is, is that that's part of the unfortunate thing that's happened for Major League Baseball to a certain extent. Like it or not, the NFL's had a great run of success with Tom Brady and now Patrick Mahomes. Now, you're going to get the people that come in and scream and yell, oh, it's rigged, it's rigged. Well, you don't think the NFL wants that? I don't know. I'm not going down that rabbit hole today. But what I am saying is that sometimes luck is a part of the factor of whether you're successful in life or you're not. And the NFL has had a pretty good run of what what I would call great marketability. I just think we'll see what happens for major leagues. I think there's a lot more storylines. I think there's more to football when you watch a football game than when, when you watch a baseball game. It's just the baseball. You know what I'm saying? There's no. there's other storylines at play. Now this year it'll be a little <laughs> bit different because. The Dodgers are, are the renowned villain, uh, and pretty much the entire world will be rooting against them. So that'll be, that'll be a fun watch around the league. Anytime they lose a game, it's going to be news. 
it's going to be noteworthy. But there's nothing that's just nobody really cares, and that's and that's nobody really cares about it uh, from a from national a perspective. national perspective. And yep. that's and that's the bottom line. I've thought about this topic, and we don't have to go super deep into it unless you unless you do. But I think it's because of how many games there are available to you during their season that you can't create storylines. Like most of the time, it's did you get swept? Did you not get swept? And did you make a, a win where you're not supposed to? Whereas in a football game, you can pick a specific reason why. Like in a baseball game, if there was only one game that you played per team, right? Or if there was only 30 Yeah, if they, if, they, if they played once per week, you'd speculate endlessly right, like, about what happened. And that's what you do with football. That's, that's a fair that, point. That's, that's, where that's, a fair kinda, point. that's where it hurts the game, I think. That's a fair point. And obviously the game will never shrink from 162 games, but I'm on the, I'm on the side that I think it should. Will it ever happen? Absolutely not, never. But uh, it is uh, that is a good point. Rob Manfred also yesterday he brought this up. Uh, this was the video, and he and he said, and I actually agree with him on this one. So maybe so maybe uh, he's on his way back. We would prefer How to have a. Are you what? by that and oh, sorry, absent sorry. any collective bargaining, sorry, what can be done about it? Well, um, we would prefer. To have a free agent signing period, you know, ideally probably in December with a deadline that drove people to make their deals, get things settled. Um, we actually made proposals to that effect um, to the MLBPA. They were not warmly received. Um, I think that, um, you know, with the system we have right now, um, one of the tactics that's available to, to player representatives is to stretch out the negotiation in the belief that they're going to get a better deal. Um, that's part of the system right now. There's not a lot we can do about it. But um, certainly from an aspirational perspective, we'd rather have, you know, two weeks of flurried activity in December, preferably around the winter meetings where you're all there to write about it and, you know, we all get excited about the upcoming year. Um, that'll be a project in the next go around. I think it would be incredible to have that one period. It would be just like Woj bombs everywhere. Uh, it would be, it would be awesome. Now, will anybody, will any player ever go for that? Obviously not, but I think it would be good. I think that that's something that helps market the game. I think when you have a one month period where all these free agents have to make their decision. So, yep. so now there's a clock, there's a, there's, there's a timetable. I think that I think that's great for the game, and that's an idea by Robbie Manfred. I know I've been crushing him up here. That's an idea that's good. I like that idea. Good idea, Rob, because we still have superstar free agents available to be signed right now, and we have pitchers and catchers that have already reported. So I, I mean, we're it's February sixteenth, and Blake Snell, who just won a Cy Young, uh, is not signed. Yeah, and it largely is because what Rob obviously just mentioned, which is, is when you're negotiating more times than not that you think that if you wait it out, there's going to be a breaking point where some team gets desperate and they and they decide to go for the extra two or three or four million dollars a year, or whatever it is that you that you're holding on to, that you want, they might be uh, be inclined to do that. That's why you're going to see more times than not at the trade deadline, one team overextend themselves and pay for something that maybe not be as as valuable as it truly is because they're in a position where the fan base is, is excited, right? They have a chance to make the postseason, and they're going to probably overextend themselves to try to sure up a hole that they think can get them over the hump to get them in the postseason and or if it's not to get in the postseason, it's to win a World Series. 
Yep. The unfortunate part is this for Major League Baseball. The problem that they're dealing with now started years ago. Well before Rob became a commissioner. And that is that the Major League Baseball Players Association has so much power, so much leverage, so much belief in what in what they what ought to be that it doesn't allow the game to move forward. And I'm not for the owners. I'm not sitting here suggesting that for a second that I'm an anti-player by any stretch of the imagination. But like anything in life, right, you have a corporation usually that is created. It gets big enough to where they have power over the common man. The common man realizes that they have no leverage. They have no power. So what do they do? They create a bond with all each other. Formalize, I don't know, something called a union. Then the union gets to a point where it's so strong that it can do the same thing to the opposite side that it was trying to neglect or make sure that it wasn't going to get taken advantage of, and that's the reason it was created. Because greed exists everywhere. It seems like greed is the common thing that most of the time happens when you're starting to deal with massive amounts of money. It would be, and it's not going to happen because this is a utopian society, the one that I'm getting ready to talk about. It would be nice to think that the players would be able to see, you know what? For the betterment of Major League Baseball and for the betterment of this game, this isn't going to happen, okay? I'm going to keep referencing that because if I don't, people are going to think that I'm an idiot. That they can see that this is not good. It's not good that the Los Angeles Dodgers can go out and spend $5 billion mm-hmm. and it have no repercussion at all on their franchise. The competitive balance, we all know, is a sham. It's not even close. If you want to sit here and suggest to me, well, look at the World Series champions. It's uh, okay. Then why is this game not more nationally recognized or beloved? It's because of the fact that most of these small market teams, fans, genuinely don't think they have much of a fighter's chance outside of a few, wait for it, windows. And those windows are when you actually have young guys that come up, right? And they have what you would call, they're getting underpaid of what they're actually producing. Can it be done? Sure. Has it been done? Yes. But again, we're talking about a few examples. We always want to bring up the Tampa Bay Rays. Every single time this gets talked about, it's the Tampa Bay Rays. Look at the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, I'm not going to suggest that since the Tampa Bay Rays haven't won a World Series that that shows that there's still a problem. No, the Tampa Bay Rays have been competitive. What I am suggesting, though, is you have a ton of other organizations. And we could go through the list of names. And you could put the Reds in there. You could put the Pirates in there. You could put the Orioles in there. As of late, I get it. But you get my point is that unless you're in a big market, the chances of you being excited for your season are slim to none. And the the realistic chance of you feeling like you have a chance to win the World Series is another problem. Major League Baseball is still in an okay spot. It's just going to require two sides, which is obviously the, the, the owners and the Major League Baseball Players Association, to at some point realize that they've got to figure a way out to implement some sort of salary cap. And until that happens, you're going to have inequalities and you're going to have an issue within, quote-unquote, growing the game. 
And you can call it marketing, call it whatever you want. But I know this. If Pittsburgh, going to call it Pittsburgh, we'll use the Pirates for an example. If they had just as good of a chance, if their ownership wanted to do it, of getting Shohei Otani, that would be good for the game. It would be good for the game if every organization in Major League Baseball thought they had a chance to get Shohei Otani. And what ultimately ended up happening? Shohei Otani knew he came up for free agent, and we talked about three or four franchises out of 30. Because we knew, everybody knew, there was zero realistic expectation of anybody else getting them. Justin Jefferson, like it or not, there are teams right now convincing themselves that they can get Justin Jefferson. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, I, I think I'm just going to add one more point on that, and it's that if, if you're not going to be able to fix the salary cap situation, which you'll never do, I do think that there should be, and again, this, is, this would be difficult to enforce, uh, but going forward, any owner who would like to purchase a team, there needs to be some sort of uh, minimum net worth that you can have to be able to compete with the other billionaires that are there. Because if not, if we're going to have 100 millionaires compared to multi-billionaires, it's not going to be fair, and we're going to continue down the same road. And I could be wrong, I could be dumb, but that's my opinion at least. I think there needs to be some sort of commitment to spending, if, and I think that keeps it competitive, and I think, I think it helps the sport in the long run. Speaking of money. Good segue. The NIL is a joke. It has nothing to do with NIL. NIL was created, okay, for players that would be able to use their name, their image, and their likeness, a la NIL. The idea was if you have a Tim Tebow, there's no reason as to why Tim Tebow can produce millions and millions and millions of dollars, but then turn around and sign an autograph for some money, and then next thing you know, he's an NCAA violation, and he should get suspended. Like most things in this country, we can't just rationalize. We can't figure out, okay, you know what? That's not right. Let's figure out a better way. Let's figure out a solution. No, we just go from one end of the spectrum all the way to the other. NIL has become nothing more than pay to play. We all know it. And maybe you could argue it's always been that way. And I'm not suggesting here that the, that, that, that the Ohio States of the world in Miami of Ohio, the world should be the same and equal. It's not going to be, and it never will be, and it shouldn't be because the commitment to each one of these programs to a certain extent matters. But we're going to look back in 20 years and laugh at the concept of what's going to happen over the next few. And that is this. You have working, and I, when I say working class, some are going to laugh at that because obviously some of these these boosters are millionaires, certainly millionaires. Maybe even some of these boosters are billionaires with a B. But the idea of the private sector coming in and funding athletic programs largely just to get players is nothing to do with the first overall thought of what NIL has become. I don't know who's the fault for this. Probably the NCAA. Because there's no boundaries on this whatsoever. But how come it always falls at the lap of the fan? How come it always falls on the lap 
of the taxpayer that has to fund the stadium. Why in the world do we have to have NIL collectives? Because the next thing you know, this backup safety at this school or this quarterback from this school is going to hold out now because they want to make money. And it has literally nothing to do with their actual worth from a marketing perspective, to be clear. They obviously have worth on the football field than going and playing, but that's different than selling cars for, for, for some random car dealership, is it not? And what we've come to realize and what we've come to find out and what many of these players have figured out is that their worth outside of just that, that, that complex of the stadium is not very high. I'm sorry, but the running back at the University of Cincinnati is not going to sell that many cars for Weiler. But yet, the athletic departments, the ones that are bringing in ticket sales, the ones that, that ultimately right, for, for lack of a better term, are getting the players to play for their institution for free. Meanwhile, the NCAA and the schools themselves and the conferences, well, I should say the conferences, but the schools are aligned to the conferences, are getting paid billions, with a B, billions of dollars for these TV right contracts. And none of that money comes filtering down to the players, not a single dollar of it. No, we'll just keep going and asking for the common man to spend $100 here, $200 there, to just buy into this NIL collective so we can pay for players. We need to compete with everybody else. Yet, who's sitting around at these mahogany desks inside of these NCAA uh, institutions, The certainly the conference institutions, and without question, the top echelon of the universities, Where's the money there? At least if you're a big donor before, you could at least see a building with your name on it. It wasn't going to go anywhere. It was a facility. Now you're paying a quarterback multi-millions of dollars that, I don't know, plays one year, doesn't play well. What's it matter? He just leaves. This whole thing's going to crash and burn about as fast as one can crash and burn because you're going to have NIL fatigue from people paying money to players, them either not producing and or them transferring because they don't get enough money. And the next thing you know, you have a world of mess on your hands because ultimately at the end of the day, we know what's going to happen. Only the select few programs, and it's already there now, are going to have the money to be able to continue to withstand the churn rate, the burn rate of this money on the NIL. Do we think it's even relatively remotely fair to these college? I mean, listen, I'm not trying to say that these college coaches need a pat on the back or anything like that. But again, how many college coaches signed up for the idea of, yes, you got to go recruit? Pretty much a 365-day job. Now, okay, you get them in the building. Okay, well, are they happy? Is their family happy? Is there other schools trying to poach them away because they think that they can pay them a little bit more than you're paying them? So then now you have to do what? You got to go out and fundraise? Why doesn't the school have the ability to pay the players is what I'm asking. They're the ones that make the money. They're the ones that get all the ticket sales. They're the ones that sign these big multimedia uh, deal contracts with people that allow them to bring in revenue. And you know what? At some point, water finds its level. And then guess what? The backup safety or hell, even the quarterback will realize this is what you're worth here, man. 
because right now it's fun. It, it, it's basically like it or not similar to live. You got a bunch of money coming in for something, but the math never makes sense. It just doesn't add yep. up. It doesn't make sense to be paying some of these quarterbacks millions of dollars because they're not worth that. And if they are worth that, okay, then why are you asking the local car dealership to pay for it? I know maybe it's because you can, but is that right? Is that the way it should be? Or is that a system that's ultimately going to fold like a deck of cards? I'm willing to bet on the latter. NIL is the worst thing that's happened to college sports, not because the players don't deserve to get paid, but, but, but by the way that it's been handled. All right, we have uh, Springer, Scott Springer coming on at 1145. He'll talk UC hoops. Uh, we're going to go to ads a little bit earlier today. We're going to come back from ads. We're going to do a mailback. We got a new segment called Love It or Hate It. We'll do that. We'll finish with a little UC talk, and then you're going to enjoy your weekend because box lunch is going to come a little bit later today. We'll talk about that as well. And uh, more importantly, we got to pay the bills around here, which means we send it to the only person that can do that, and that's Casey McAllister. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the uh, Bearcat report that we're going to do here in a minute is brought to you by uh, Encore Technologies. Mm. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data center world. With the suite of services for mobile computing, the desktop, the data center, supporting both centralized and work from home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. That's right, Elliot, productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. Let me tell you about this lovely bottle of water right here. Mm -hmm. Pawnee water made right here in Hamilton, Ohio, uses yeah. natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, and some say the best tasting water in the world. Visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I water.com so we can buy this great tasting water. That's a great ad read there. Oh, yeah. Uh, get your coffee from UDF, swish it down with some Pawnee Water, get your technology down. solutions with Encore.tech. Um, I think... In a way, aren't we? don't we have an NIL? Because all the super chats that we get, they fund us, and they let me keep my job. Yeah. Basically, kind of like that. So shout out to everybody who's ever super chatted. It's allowed me to pay for this banana, which I'm eating right now. Thank you. This banana is very good. Very tasty. Delicious. <laughs> very uh, tasty. <laughs> so today, uh, there's supposed to be snow, I believe, at like three. So I don't know what the plan is. Um, I don't know. If, I have no idea what our plan is. <laughs> we were going to do a, a game uh, stream. Maybe not anymore because of the snow. Um, I don't know exactly why we're delaying box lunch. Do you know why? Uh, I have no idea. I, all these ideas just come to me and we're like, let's do them. And I don't care. Whatever idea he's got, well, let's just do it. I think I think we're going to do a box lunch immediately after the Scott Springer interview. I think that's the plan. I don't know why we so, would do that. So it's the, literally the same schedule. I think it's the same schedule. It's the same schedule, guys. We just made it complicated. Unless there's unless there's something unless there's something in there that I don't know about, but I I don't think so. Uh, did you mention the you said the the Tom Bradman thing? So the uh, interview, the big interview uh, on Fridays with Tom will be premiering right after this. Oh, we're going to a team lunch. He said we're going to a team lunch. Reed says. Okay, team lunch. Uh, but yeah, there is a big interview right after this show at 12. Um, it's with Chip Carey. It's a really good interview. I suggest you guys go watch that cause you'll get to see, uh, one of your old favorites 
here from the program, Tom Brenneman. And uh, I'm sure he misses you guys and would love to hear from you in the comments. So make sure you give it a like, give it a watch, and uh, be on the lookout for him on Monday because I think we're going to do a show on Monday. going to start that. Oh, Reed's um, right. I, we're going to do a team lunch, but we can't eat any meat. It has to be fish. But I can eat fish. So I can eat fish. That's what we'll do. I'll eat some fish. Well, I don't have to worry about that. But Why is that? I'm not Catholic. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I can't I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I can't debate you on that one, but but I am. So I'm Christian, but I'm not Catholic. Yeah. So that's... I am eating banana. Trace, do you want any of my banana? Zero chance it's I want It's tasty. <laughs> Casey thinks it's tasty. Mr. Mo says, why can't you eat meat? I don't know. I guess uh, God put it in the bylaws uh, that we can't eat meat on Fridays during Lent. I don't get it, but that's what we do, and we follow the rules, and I'm a rule follower. Isn't the idea, and this is where we probably shouldn't go down this rabbit hole on, on off the oh, bench. Oh, we definitely should. We definitely shouldn't. shouldn't. Um, having said that, let's 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 go, ahead, let's, let's go down a little bit. Let's go down a little bit. <laughs> a little um, bit. Someone in the chat could probably eloquently state this much much better than better than me. But I thought the idea was it was was just being sacrificial in general, and it gives you a good reminder of 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 the things that that Jesus had done for you. Yeah, that certainly could be it. Maybe that's not it. I just thought that that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, I think I thought the idea the of it was, hey, I, I, I'm gonna make Alex a sacrifice. Alex says that's right. Yeah, you're you're just making a sacrifice that 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 just gives you a nice, gentle reminder that hey, you're doing. Jesus got nailed to the cross, so uh, your only thing that you need to do to make sure that you can remember that is uh, just don't eat meat on Friday. Yeah, Reed and I have been toying toying around with this. We should do a check. I think we're going to do one this year. We're going to do one. I'll, 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 I'll take Reed. We'll go to, I guess we'll have to do one here because I'm not going to make Reed drive out to my side of town. But we're going to do a, a fish fry review. We're going to go to a fish fry, a Catholic Ooh. fish fry, and we're going to have some fun. Everybody loves a good fish fry. Everybody in the world. Yeah, I mean, listen, fish is not a bad alternative. Why are we going to sit here and act like getting a fish sandwich is a bad thing? That's a I great thing, if I you ask it. me. Uh, that one guy says, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll finish this segment on this one. Uh, he says, abstaining from meat, particularly on Fridays during Lent, is a tradition practice within Catholic uh, that symbolizes sacrifice and solidarity with the suffering of Jesus Christ by giving up something. Yeah. So there you go. Right down that rabbit hole. Uh, by the way, Sean Connor, he chimed in. This is your guy. It's not my guy. Uh, he says, zebras love fresh green grass, <laughs> sweet leaves, and stems. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that tasty banana. It's nice. <laughs> very tasty. Uh, mailbag time. Casey, hit that track. <laughs> we just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. Letter time. I, we haven't done it in quite some time, but we're going to do it. I tried to do it. Mailbox was stacked full. Mailbox was all the way filled. I had to actually dump some of, out, some of them out in the uh, dumpster. They'll never be seen again. Um, but today, we do have a good one. Um, so this is, uh, today's mailbag comes from Sweet Little Joe from Mr. Biden's class. Joe is a 23-year-old second grade student at St. Monica's in Maryland. Joe has been stuck in this grade for 15 years because he keeps forgetting all of his test answers. He just can't remember. But the one thing Joe can do is play golf. Joe is the best golfer on his second grade roster, outdriving the average classmate by 250 yards. 
He has That's set city records as the best second grade golfer of all time. Again, he's 23 years old. He qualified this week, or he qualified, excuse me, last week at the Waste Management Open. Oh, yeah. he, he didn't make the cut. But Joe wants to know, should neck going forward, should the Waste Management Open be considered to be the fifth major? No. Damn. No, not at all. Sorry, Joe. No, Joe. Joe. Joe's off the mark. I think on it that could one. have been. I think it could have been before the fans took it too far this year. No, it can't be the fifth major because of um, largely just because I don't think that the golfers would abide to that. Um, I do think the players has a chance. Um, the players. The players is the fifth. I think the players is. Well, the some people consider that, but it's still not a major. The majors are. It's all. It always seems like in sports we always try to like move things around when we have something good. We're never happy with. We're never happy with just something that's good. Um, you know, it's like the Ryder Cup should be every single year. Yeah. Well, then that would go away. Like I, I feel like the mystique, the 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 nostalgia, if you will, the the excitement of the Ryder Cup would would it would it would dwindle a little bit. Similar to how, you know, you have uh, you have something in a fast food restaurant that you really, really love, but it's seasonal. And they yeah. only have it for maybe a month or two. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say if they put it on the menu at all times, right, it wouldn't be yeah. nearly as enjoyable. Eventually, it just the, the, the lure of it would go away. Um, it feels like we're trying to make golf have more meaningful events if you want to call it that yeah and the reality is is if you do that how many times do you do that until it just becomes like oh this isn't that big of a deal that's a fair point and, and i think and i obviously you never actually make a fifth major uh but i but i do think having the having the little discussion about which one is the the if you had to pick the fifth most important tournament of the year not including the Ryder cup i think it's fun it's a fun debate but you are right you are right. And I also don't hate the idea of trying to make golf more fun because a lot of people obviously would never watch golf. But uh, it's, it's, it, it's fun to a lot of us on Sundays. I think it's, if, you, if you sit down and watch the last nine holes uh, of a round on Sunday, it, it's always fun. It's, it's usually electric. Yeah. If it's close. I don't think it'll be the fifth major because of the 30 blackouts. Well, shout out to Reed. Shout out to Reed. Reed, 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 Reed really gets hung up on that. He, 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 cannot, he cannot fathom the idea that, some, that some, reputable, some reputable journalistic background company or whoever it was that tweeted that out that said there was 30 blackouts because, as he would say, that is unquantifiable. You can't actually quantify a blackout. And he's kind of right. He's kind of right. However... I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think we're I think we're uh, worried about which way somebody says tomato. Do they say tomato or tomato? Not a big yeah. deal. Um, really quickly though, fun, a fun little topic here. We'll go around the room because oh. that's just what today is. It's going to be a fun little topic. Ready? Yeah. I just had mentioned seasonal things that happened at fast food restaurants or maybe just restaurants as a whole. Sure. If you have one, do you have a favorite? A favorite fast food restaurant? Seasonal, something that you that you can only get for a certain amount of time, and you're just dying to get it. I'll start us off. Go ahead. If you've never had a McDonald's holiday pie, mm. you're missing out. You're missing out. And it's like a nice custard with some sprinkles. I'm a sprinkle kind of guy. I don't know why I am. That's like I'm a five-year-old kid. But if you get me some ice cream and you just load up a bunch of sprinkles on there, there's no chance I don't like it. You love a good custard pie. Uh, my dad, <clears throat> shout out to my dad. I believe he's watching in somewhere in Florida right now. I've got the house to myself. He's with uh, my principal, my old principal, Mr. Ruffing. Um, they're in somewhere. I don't know what the hell they're doing in Florida. It's 
with February 16th. I don't get it. Anyway, uh, I, I think they his favorite of all time. Chick-fil-A has like some sort of shake they bring back every every winter. Shamrock? No, I don't know what it is. It's some in some sort of peach shake or something. I don't know. But what are we talking about? UDF? No, no, no. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. UDF has a peach a peach uh, shake. It's big time, yeah. I don't think I don't think anything's seasonal. I used to like McDonald's would, would do the chicken selects. Oh, I don't know if you remember those. Yep. Those were those are te- a temporary thing. I, I like those basically just what chicken fingers. Um, so I like those. Other than that, I don't think there is a ton of seasonal stuff from fast food, unless I'm wrong on that. Yeah, I mean, I the seasonal stuff I can like think of is like the fillet of fish from McDonald's, the McRib from McDonald's. Uh, I don't know. I, Starbucks, of course, always has yeah, like their, their, has their uh, they have their stuff. plethora of seasonal things. I don't really have one to be. Are you honest. a pumpkin spice? Do you like pumpkin spice stuff? I like pumpkin I don't know pie. Why I just said it like I was in England. I like <laughs> I like pumpkin pie. I don't know. I don't know what you're you're talking about. You talk, I, I don't drink coffee. So you I don't, don't know what I'm talking about with pumpkin spice. I dr- like. What are you talking about? I mean, I like pumpkin pie. This is breaking news on Wait, off the bench. Do you not know what pumpkin spice? Is? Elliot Rearing. I know pumpkin doesn't know what pumpkin spice is. Supposedly, I, that has been pushed and shoved down our throats throughout all of any restaurant. Every place has something pumpkin. You mean to tell me right now? You're actually genuinely see. This is where you. Serious. This is where you He's confuse me, Zebra, because you're a man of very, very, very high end culture. You know a lot of things. I do, I like and him, so. you have done two things that have really shook me to my core since I've come to know you. The yeah. first one is is that you said that you can win the Masters in ten years, and you can say whatever I you could. want. I could. You actually, in your brain, your brain, there's a small little bit of it that you actually think that you can do that. I stand which by which is that. just I stand by which it. is just crazy. Guys, you, you think this is a bit? You think that Elliot's just saying this like because he, he wants to try to be funny? No. I mean, I looked him in his eyes one day, and I off the record, I looked at him, and I said, Elliot, do you really think that you can win the Masters in 10 years? And he, he kind of looked at me like I was like I was being disrespectful to him. Like, he, like, like I could just tell immediately that he genuinely thought that. I do. That is crazy talk. It's not like, crazy that talk. Is, uh, that, yeah, that's very, very, very close to lunacy. They, in fact, if you say that out loud when you're, when you're 60 or over, you might get pushed into the, the, the psych ward area. That's the concern I have. Secondly, you're now telling me that you don't even know what pumpkins like you you're like pumpkin spice is a foreign thing to you. I, I don't. I, what is it? I don't. What is? Oh my. It? No way. This is a joke. No, this is a bit. This <laughs> is a what bit. is it? I, this I, is a bit. It's just a spice. I don't get it. I I, I really don't get it. Uh, I, I everybody's yelling at me in the chat, but I mean I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I don't know what pumpkin. All right, poll question of the day. Poll question of the is day. Is this going to be mean? Uh, is Elliot is Elliot telling the truth mean. right now? I what, is. I, is pumpkin spice a bit by Elliot, or is it the truth? He has no clue. I don't know how you want to word that, Casey. You can word that however you want. I got to figure it out from the people. This is this is earth-shattering to me that you're in a spot right now, and you're convincing me and the people that you don't even know what pumpkin spice really is. I have to look is. it up now. I mean, I know what. I mean, I know what pumpkin pie is. It's is that impossible. Not- it is absolutely impossible that this guy. But isn't that what answer. pumpkin pie is? All right. No, it's not. All right. Uh, we have super chat. Uh, we have a super chat by, by Ricky. Go ahead and read that. Elliot will be wearing fur coats and Ugg boots once he tries pumpkin spice. Uh, white girl zebra. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. 
I just don't. I, I don't know what he. Nathan Wine says anything. Elliot says is a bit. By the way, did you see how Casey gave him his wrench back? Oh, we got wrenches again for, yeah, for, for family, family members? members. His father-in-law. Has oh a wrench. my gosh, we've lost it again. We've lost it. We have lost what it again. Mean? I'll tell you what, we're losing. We're, people my probably like my sports, watched- sports, sports. We've not talked about sports for quite some time here, but that's okay. What, we're I mean- about to get into even more bits. Yeah, we got, let's do the other bit. Uh, All right, what do we got? We, we got, got love it or hate it or what? We're, we're, so the sports bit we have is love it or hate it, but we're going to save that for a little bit now. We're going to try a one I did with uh, Reed okay. uh, a couple weeks ago. It's going to be, will you watch this tonight? Fair enough. I've got a couple clips for Casey. Uh, tonight on 8 p.m. Tonight at 8 p.m. First of all, it's the it's the final season of Young Sheldon, so tune into that. But it's tonight. It's just a rerun. It's Young Sheldon, and we have this great clip from Young Sheldon. Let's see if you if, if this will uh, entice you to watch. Yeah, I yeah. turned off monetization. The university reduces science requirements. Oh, science? Sweet. No, it's to stop the reduction and keep our science curriculum strong. Are you hurrying off to tell your friends? No, nuh-uh. How about that good little bit? That's young Sheldon. He actually grows up to be the adult Sheldon that you see in the Big Bang Theory. Not a lot of people know that. Uh, also, tonight, starting at 4 p.m. on True TV, uh, it's a 72-hour marathon of Impractical Jokers. There's no clip uh, on that. It's just the fact you go to True TV and it's always Impractical Jokers. I love the show personally, but a lot of people don't. Uh, but you can watch literally every single episode they've ever made on repeat for the next three days. Tune in for that. Uh, tonight at 3 p.m. I do have a clip of, or tonight at 3 a.m. Sorry, I do have a clip of this one uh, on NBC. It's a rerun. NBC. NBC. This is the big station. Big station. It's a rerun of Mari. You know Mari? Never heard of Mari. He's the guy who said, "Are, are you the no, father?" No. Yes. Mari, are you so the father? Bitch. Well, I, I brought a clip with me today. And, okay. And, let's and, let, let's see it. And we'll see. It. When it comes to eight-month-old Brian. Kiari, you are not. <laughs> what part of this? What part? What part of this do you find funny? What part of this do you find funny exactly? This is terrible. This is terrible. <laughs> Hundreds of people just celebrating that he's not the father. I think that's hilarious. Uh, Mari always, Mari always brings the laugh. Um, what else do I have here? Uh, we have this weekend on TNT. I did send this clip to you, Casey. It's just the picture of the basketball court on Twitter. Oh, this? Yes. Uh, this weekend on TNT, uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. Will you be watching this this weekend? So this is glass. I've been told that this court is glass, yeah. and uh, they have the ability, to obviously, to probably shine a projector down on it. Or is it coming from underneath? Do we know I think that? It's coming from underneath. But coming I don't from know. underneath. Okay, it's fair enough. That would make right? sense because if the projector is up top, it would cover, it would cast a shadow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, wow. I never thought about that. That's really cool. Is that going to be how they, uh, depending on how the surface plays, obviously you'd like to think that if uh, if sweat starts to drip on glass, it would get really bad really fast. I would think so. Uh, wood, um, I don't know. It's still slippery, though, on, on, on hardwood. So who knows? Maybe it's the same. If that's the case, though, is it is it capable of believing 
when we are in, again, the nursing homes as we keep uh, forecasting ourselves to be at some point. Is it crazy to think that that's how all courts will end up being? And then, therefore, they can kind of manipulate the line. So if you have a, a basketball game, they put the basketball court on there. Be, if you have a volleyball game, yeah. you have a volleyball court. And no, you no longer will they have all the lines all over the place. And then you could get to where you could create, like, pickleball courts, like, you know, down the line to where you could have a multitude of things. I wouldn't be shocked. Trace Fowler is calling this now. In 25 years, if the playing surface is relatively the same, they will start implementing those in all of major arenas. I think they will. I think that's I think that's absolutely the future uh, of at least at least the uh, indoor arenas. Um, and finally, we have one last one tonight at 10 p.m. Uh, this is on Lifetime, the Lifetime Network. This is uh, a rerun of <laughs> we have a rerun of Dance Moms, and this is uh, one of my all-time favorite clips. Put your phone away. You preach theater etiquette. Put it away. I think I'm gonna go to Baskin Robbins. There, she's right there. We're gonna have to speed up a little. She's zooming, dude. <laughs> you wanna go in and check? To the police station? Yeah. There, she's right there. What am I watching? She's right behind you. What is this? <laughs> we found her. We found her. This is Dan's mom's? Yeah. They're at a dance Abby, competition. What are you doing? I'm filing a police report. Nobody is going to verbally assault me at a dance competition. You preach theater etiquette to my kids. Put your phone away. My only choice was to remove myself from a situation <laughs> okay. that could be a right. yep. I've had more. enough. I've <laughs> had enough. I've had enough. Um. You know, here's what she I wanted, thought. She to can, I, can, can I defend board. myself for just a second here, everybody? Yeah. Okay, I walked into the studios today, and Elliot said, you know what, I got a new segment I'd like to do. It's going to be called, Will You Watch This Tonight? Or something along those lines. And I was thinking to myself, okay, it was going to be like, it's kind of like a TV guide, you know, where, you know, Elliot <laughs> was, was going to let you know, hey, tonight at 7 o'clock, there's this. Tonight, there's 8 o'clock at this. And tonight, there, at, at 7.45, there's this. Which of the three, you know, which of the three would you watch? If you had to watch one of them. Okay, and then we could kind of get into a debate of that. Yeah. No, instead, we're just running full premieres on, on what exactly is going on tonight. If you've never seen the modern-day version of TV Guide, Elliot just tried his best to perform it. I All on. of those shows I will not be watching tonight. You did get me on the, Mar uh, the Mari one. Um, <laughs> I, I, I still... Hand up. You're not the father. With a small, with a small smile. Yes, I will say there's a little bit of sadness in that. I, I don't love the concept of what we showed there, but you know, hey, humor is humor. I get the concept of why it's funny. I tried not to laugh, and I laughed. Okay. That was. Would you watch this tonight? I don't think that was. A, listen, we're just trying to talk about. Would you watch it? If you don't want to watch it, you don't have to watch it. But I was giving you my best, uh, my best clips of, of maybe. Who in the world that really watches all that's that? All? There are my mom sat down every night. My mom sat down every night don't after after work don't Monday through Friday. She would watch Dance Moms, oh, and that's what I would have to sit mom. through. I'd have to sit through that. No, and that was she called the police. She rolled on out of there and called the police. 
She didn't for, call him. She went to the she station went, to tell him. She went to him because there was a verbal assault, and that lady whispered at her. I think that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. But uh, outside of that, yeah, the rest of that's preposterous. Young Sheldon sucks. Is but that really the best that we could come up with, though? Like, is there mean? really nothing else on? Like, I'm telling is that you right it? now, everybody who's calling for sports, it's the NBA All-Star Weekend. There's no MLB. If, if you want me to sit and act like I know about NHL, we can start doing that. I can't name five NHL players. I can't do it. I've tried to do it. I can't do it. There's college basketball on the night. Do you want me to talk about Harvard? Because that's who's playing. It's Harvard and Cornell. Harvard versus Cornell. Anybody, anybody want to recap on Harvard versus Cornell? Anybody? Anybody? Casey, what do you know about Harvard and Cornell? They're nice Ivy League schools. They are. They are nice Ivy League schools. I think they're getting paid by the institutions as well. So listen, I'm just trying, uh, Big C with a super chat. Trace, I wouldn't watch these shows even with a pumpkin spice latte in my hand. Uh, that one guy, <laughs> Elliot, is some donkey not to put Friday Night Lights on. I, Friday Night Lights, I do watch that, but it's not on TV. It's on Netflix. You I know, mean, that's what we should have done. We should have listed yeah, all I mean, the things not, that are who on watches, TV and then uh, even gave a better question. Do we do two do we do two poll questions uh, uh do we one? do two poll questions in a day maybe? But I have a question. Who watches program television anymore? Scheduled program television anymore that's not live sports. I mean, can we name that we could name them on one hand? The probably The Bachelor, The Survivor. Yep. Um, Any reality show, reality show. Take away reality shows. What? Take away all reality shows. What other what other shows are there? Because then there's nothing. I, I watched The Walking Dead up until its end. I watched every Sunday night. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's not many else. God Friended Me. Bob Hart's Ibishola, I think. I don't watch any of the CBS stuff. What's the, best, what's the best television show going right now? They have all the game shows, too. I'm assuming I know I'm going to date myself right here, but they have all the goofy game shows they try to do. And you know what still stands the test of time? Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune. And then the rest of them have their like little run in the sun, and then they're gone. The closest one that almost came to sticking was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Family mm. Feud. Family Feud, but that's not really on like major network television at night. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I, What's I, your favorite game show, if there is one? Minute to Win It. Minute to Win It was a forgotten gem. That right. was that because that was uh, what's his name the the king of Flavortown, Mayor, the Mayor of Flavortown hosted that one. Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri, yeah. Fieri. Yeah. Um, Guy's Burgers. Bob's Guy's Burgers. Yeah. What's that? Oh, you mean he, his burger? Okay, now I yeah. get it. Come on, I get it. All right, uh, back to sports. Do you want to do sports? Let's do I love, love sports. Love it. You want you just want to knock love it or hate it out of the way too? Yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's go. Why not? I mean, you you you. We're uh, at eleven eleven. Can, so. can I? <laughs> can I? Fl can I? Can we bring Reed in for this segment? Because Reed's an MLB. Absolutely. Can you call? You have to call. You have to be the one to call him in though, because you're the boss. Uh, Reed, come come in the studio, please. Um. So we have an, a special MLB edition of uh, buy, uh, love it love it or hate it. It's not buy or sell. One could be certainly confused uh, for for that. Um, I don't see Reed coming in, but so I guess he's not coming in. But well, one one idea I have for you, Elliot, is that if you knew that you wanted Reed to come in the studio, you you you'd tell him before the show well, started. Well, I tell him every time before the show, but he just doesn't want to. So I don't I don't know what I can do. Here he comes. Here he comes. All right, go ahead. Uh, the first, love it or hate it. ML. This is all MLB edition. <laughs> that was good, Reed. What did he do? That was funny. What did he do? Nothing. The viewers got to see it. You didn't get to see it. Don't uh, worry about the it. The MLB adding challenges to balls and strikes. Do you love that or do you hate it? 
I love that. Okay. As long as it's like not a, uh, excessive, like you get uh, you get one challenge uh, per at bat, and if you're right, you get the challenge one more. If you get it wrong, then you're done for the rest of the game. There was a clip that went viral. I want to say a week ago, or maybe two weeks ago, and it was like a, it was a college game, I guess, uh, and they were they did this. So he called, or maybe it was independent. It was ball, probably a minor league game. Yeah, independent ball, whatever it was. Um, the guy struck out. It was just called third strike. And he says, he tapped his head, and he's like, I want to review. Correct. Umpire, umpire gets it, looks up, gets it. Nope, it was a ball, so you go to first. It was like a 15-second process. If that's how fast it is. It's quicker than that, I bet. I, it probably is. If that's how fast it is, I would say each player gets one of those. If they, It's like a challenge in football. That's if right. you win it, uh, you keep it for the next at-bat or whatever. And then if you lose it, it's gone. But I think I, I actually do like that because there are some egregious calls uh, specifically by uh, Hernandez in, in, in the in the MLB, but we'll see. In, in, I like on, it. Let's introduce our guest. Yeah, uh, Reed, welcome on to uh, thanks to off the thanks. bench. It was nice I, to I, you know, really I'm on the taxi squad from Louisville, so I, I got got the call and said, "Hey, you're on the taxi squad. Yep. Come on, come on up. You to look the show. great today, by the way. I thanks. When was no no wrinkles in this in this pool? Uh, Seriously, no wrinkles. Yeah, that's new for me." It's new Very new for you. The mustache doesn't look good, but I'm, I've committed to it, so I've just got to keep that rocking and rolling. But uh, it, 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 what's the letter of the law in the MLB strike zone? Used to umpire, and, and I feel like the strike zone has official, like, it's it's it's, le- it's Yeah, your it's knees. morphed. So you're right. You're right. It's your knees to your numbers and knees yeah. to letters and stuff like that, but it's really a vague thing. So... Yeah. I don't know if, if, if you're going to have to use a replay for balls and strikes. Yeah, I'm for it. I want to get the, the call right as long as it doesn't bog down the game. But I need to know officially what the strike zone is because it's kind of a vague thing. That's fair. Um, I would, I, so I love it. Love it. Loves it. As long as it doesn't bog down the game. Yes. I do feel like the strike zone, the high strike – has gone away a little too much. I, I feel like it's almost like uh, just right around the belly button is what they call anymore. If it's if it's above the belly button, it feels like they they might. I mean, it used what's to crazy? be the chest. It used to be the chest, but it just feels like if the catcher catches the ball at his face mask or a little bit higher. Which if you got a tall guy at the plate, it still is a strike. Luke Maley was a victim of that um, last year. Umpire seems to not want to call that. It, it's honestly crazy that. I think the letter of the law is the bottom of your numbers, right? So, if it, which will just go right below below your man boobs, right below your that's right, right below your chest. Yeah. But you're you're absolutely right. If it's if it's at your belly button, that's a high pitch. Yeah. As a hitter, you're not going to swing at that. Uh, quick question I have is: uh, pitchers can challenge too, I assume. If the hitters yeah. can challenge, yeah. pitchers should be able to challenge. There, I, I guess they would get three. I don't know how you would, <laughs> how you would, how you would decide for how many. Who, and who also, you many. would like to think this is where this is where the old traditionalists have a right to be like, hey, we just this is too much. Who cares? It's not that big of a deal. But it is a big deal in certain at bats, certainly. But my point is, is that you would like to think that the dugout would have immediate access to the same thing that they're getting up top. So if they realize that a pitch that looks terrible just so happens to clip the zone. In the aesthetics of it, look bad. They still could yell out to their guy like, "Hey, you know, some code word that they want to challenge it." Uh, okay, next one. And by the way, Casey with an absolutely preposterous message in the chat while his father-in-law is there, but that's okay. What? Here we go. Uh, we have the MLB should eliminate the three batter minimum. Do you love that or do you hate it? The rule, the three batter minimum rule. 
I hate it. I think it's stupid. Why do you hate it? I don't know, because I think if your pitcher's off, like if, if, if it's noticeably off in the first at-bat, I don't think I don't think he should be forced to sit out there and be a sacrificial lamb for the next two batters. I and I get I get it. It, it helps the game, so there's not 50 pitching changes. Right. It, it helps the. It, it removes the use. Like Oliver Perez, for the longest time, for for nearly a decade, would pitch in like 80 games, but throw 40 innings. Yeah. Because he would just come in, throw to one left-hander in a in a high leverage situation, and he'd get the boot. And you can still do that if there's two outs because he, he just has to finish the inning. But I like the three-batter minimum. I think I think it makes um, decisions to put guys in a lot harder. I think I think it makes a, a manager more crafty, and uh, you got to use guys more. Uh, got to use guys better. Yeah. If, if you have an elite arm, you don't save him for the ninth inning anymore because it's like, hey, I got to get three eyes. He's got to face three guys. So I think it makes uh, the managing job harder. I like the rule. Yeah. Uh, Trace, well, do you love the rule uh, or do you hate the rule? I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Um, I think the rule's a great rule. Um, it, it it also improves strategy, which strategy in and of itself is why I think a lot of purists didn't want the DH to leave too, right? Is because oh, you take out the idea of the the, the, the double switch and do you want to leave the guy? Do you want to leave the pitcher in to hit because he's throwing well? But then again, at the same time, you don't want to be in a spot where you know you've find yourself in a position where late in the game you still haven't scored. I don't know. It's tough to say exactly what uh, what the right move is. I I love it. You love it. All right. Uh, these The next couple are for Reds specific. Um, the Reds will win 90 games this year. Why, why are we doing this? Do you love it or do you hate it? Why, why are we doing this to what us? Do you, what do you mean? Because I love it. The Reds will win 90 games this season. I'm going to temper my expectations. I'm not going to get emotional. This is a rational decision uh, that if we get hot at the right time, the Reds will win 90 games. Trace, do you want me to give you a good spin zone here? Let me give you a good spin zone. Instead of saying love it or hate it, no, I don't think the Reds will win 90 games, or yes, I do think they'll win 90 games, just say if the Reds win 90 games, you'll love it. That's the spin zone because that's the game. Uh -huh. it, that's yeah. not a question. That's a statement. The Reds win 90 games. Trace Fowler loves it. That's right. There you go. So you're yeah. going to steal that? I walked you out of it. Yeah, he got me out of that pickle. I'll tell you. Uh, I love it. Reed? Um, I'll do the same thing if the Reds – if the statement is the Reds win 90 games, I hate it. It's the worst. Oh, my. No, they're not going to win 90 games. All right. Uh, after that. I feel better that Reed said they, they're not going to win 90 games. Ellie De La Cruz will receive one MVP vote. Would you love it? Would you hate it? What, what segment is this? This is, do you love it or do you hate it? <laughs> Can we ask about the segment so far if we love do, it or hate it? Do you love it or do you hate it? I mean, yeah, I love it if he gets one MVP vote. What do you, what do you mean? Okay, well, I'm just asking. Some people wouldn't love it. Jesus. Some people wouldn't love it because he deserves more. Some people wouldn't love it. I'm just saying. There are certain people that don't like Ellie De La Cruz. Reed? Who was the last Red to get an MVP vote? Didn't did we do this did Castellanos get one a couple years ago? No. You got to be top right? 10 in the league. You got to be top 10 in the league to get an MVP vote. We're talking first first place vote or just a MVP vote? Maybe Suarez when he hit 49. Are we talking first place? Or are we know. talking just an MVP vote? Just well, Bauer got a Cy Young. I don't think that he got an MVP vote, though. I mean, he probably got at least one in the top 10 that year back in 2020. Um, Castellanos probably got one in 2021. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll sell. I'll sell. <laughs> <laughs> the 
the Reds are going to have a top five Cy Young candidate. Do you love that or do you hate it? Hmm. Reds have a top five Cy Young candidate. This is where do you the, love the idea or do you hate the idea that the Reds will have that? This is this is the dumbest segment in no, the it's history not, of OCB. It's like, do you love the idea that it's a possible? Like, it's it's. Do, do you think that what it can the happen? hell are we talking about? It's love it or hate it. <laughs> it's it's very. Okay, clear I got I got one. When, when you're done with this, when we're done with this, when I got I got the next one. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, I love it. What do you got, Reed? Um, here's the thing. Out of the three Reds questions that you've asked so far, I think this is the least likely to happen. Okay. I think that's that's pretty pretty clear in a way the least likely to happen. Uh, I hate it. Yeah, if they get an MVP guy, I hate it. Okay. Got a super All right, chat. I got the next one. Um, ready? Ready, Elliot? Yeah. I got to love it or hate it for you. Yeah. Uh, we, we walk out of here today and we find a billion dollars on the ground. Do you love it or hate it? Hate it. Too much pressure. Uh, all right. $20 super chat. Oh, oh, never mind. I'll take that away. Ho, ho! This gets them back on the show permanently, by the way. The, this is this the, puts them back on the show permanently. Thank you for bringing back Reed and Lindsay. That's what this is about. This is Chatterbox OTB fan mail coming from our man, Derby Stardom. That's right. Says, thank you for bringing back Reed and Lindsay. Thank you. All right, they're back. I think that was just more for Lindsay than me. They're back full time. Buy or sell. So now they, gotta do, now they gotta do this show and they do their other show. Buy or sell. The Cardinals will bounce back. Dude, so we changed the name. So of the we show. changed. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, you guys got hung up on the word. It's love it or hate. It's the same exact thing. Buy or sell? No, it's not the same exact thing, you idiot. Buy or sell? <laughs> I mean, you come on. There are times where you do stuff that makes me think, man, Elliot's got some wisdom to him. He's a smart guy, and then he does some stuff like this, and I think that literally, the whole thing I literally think I wonder, how did you get through Elder High School? Did they just pass your grades for you? I don't know. Huh? I guess, I guess Your parents I work there or something different. where they're just like, well, we got to get this rearing out of the building. I guess so. Buy or sell? I think it's clearly different. But. Buy or sell? I mean, love it or hate it would be like, you know, something along the lines of, you know, you find a billion dollars on the ground. Do you love it or do you hate it? He just used that joke, and it wasn't funny when he did it. So I, look, are you going to buy or sell it? Personally, That's I love That's the question. Uh, I'm going to buy the fact that they bounce back. Yeah, they were finished last in the division last year, so bouncing back theoretically would be finishing a little bit better than that. They're going to finish better than that. Will they win the division? I don't know. They're the Cardinals. I'm tired of them. I, they, they, they find a way to always be in the thick of it, except for last year. That was a nice. That was a breath of fresh air. Um, but, again, they're favored to win the division by Vegas. So, usually, if you know anything about me, I usually like to see what Vegas thinks. I don't always go all in on what they think. Um We'll see what the eye test says after the first month because the, the only thing that gives me a little bit of solace is the fact that last year the Cardinals were like six games under 500, the Pirates were like seven games over 500, and they still had the Cardinals the favorite to win the division. Now, I know the Pirates didn't ultimately end up winning it, but it took the Vegas a long time to finally come to the fact that, that the Cardinals were terrible. So maybe this is the same thing. Maybe this is the same concept. Perhaps they're overvaluing the Cardinals, and uh, they will not be good again. But I'm going to buy the fact that they bounce back. I'll buy this, yeah. I mean, they got two Hall of Famers uh, anchoring the corners of the infield and Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. I think they had young – they have a very young outfield that underperformed last year, but I can't anticipate them to do that again. And then they added a lot to that pitching rotation. So, yeah, they bounce back. I think as, as Nick Kirby, the wise Kerbalicious, has said multiple times, anybody can win this division. Anybody can come in last place. I have a hard time believing the Cardinals will come in last place again. 
<laughs> I, I agree with both of you. I think I think the Cardinals are going to bounce back. You don't get rich betting against the St. Louis Cardinals. I think they're going to win the division. So good for them. All right. Next up, buy or sell. The Pirates are better than we think. Trace. <laughs> yeah, I think the Pirates are way better than we think. Yeah. I, if, as a guy that put a future on the Pirates, now to be fair, hand up, did cash it out like a week later because I was just thinking to myself, I can't possibly let this money sit in you this did it account. For the tweet. You did it for the social engagement. Did. I did not do that, actually. I did not do that. Um, but I do think it's a good bet if you're willing to wait it out. I'm just not willing to wait out, what is it, seven months, eight months yeah. to, for, a fitter, for a future to pay off? Can't do that. So, But I am going to buy the fact that they're better than we think, which seems tough to justify or quantify, as Reed would say, um, because what do Correct. you? how do you know that we actually what we think? That's that's where I was getting. I'll sell this because how I think the Pirates are, I think the Pirates are damn good. And at the end of the day, there's still the Pittsburgh Pirates, so there's going to be a little bit tapering off. So I think they're a mid-80s win ball club. I think they are I think they finish a little less than that. I think they suck, and they th I think they'll always suck. So you think I they are worse than they suck? I am going to sell it. The Pirates are not better than we think they are because they and are. you think they suck, so you think that they're worse than suck. Correct. I think they're the worst. They're, 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 they're going to have worse uh, a worse season than I can even imagine, uh, which means I'm going to sell it. Uh, hate that one. Do you buy, love it or hate it? Buy or, hate buy it. or sell. The Dodgers will make the NLCS. I'm going to sell it. I think the Dodgers always choke. I don't think this changes anything. They can add Shohei. They can add Mike Trout. They can add everybody. They can just make it the Monstars. It'll be a super team. They'll all be filled with magic. I'm still saying they do not make the NLCS. They will get eliminated in the NLDS like they do time in and time again. Mm. Hates the Dodgers. Hates I, I, I'm, I'm going to buy that. I think they do. Um, ultimately, at the end of the day, they're the best team that's ever been put on paper. Yeah, I have a hard time believing. We can sit here and convince ourselves that, oh, they're going to choke, this, that, and the next. Um, but that's always true until it isn't. And we've seen that in other aspects of sports as well, right? Um, one that comes to mind is I heard all year about how the Browns are the Browns and they're not going to be able to make the postseason. Now they ultimately ended up getting beat in the postseason. I get that. By a billion. They got beat in the postseason. To the team that owns their draft picks. I understand that. I get I get it. I get it. <laughs> But my point is, is that at some point you break through, you get through the other side of it. And then from there, what's the excuse? And um, I think it would be best for Major League Baseball. Of course, I want the Reds to win the World Series. And, buy, and, 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 and listen, I actually think the Reds, if everything went perfect, could win the World Series. But what I'm going to say is, is I think it would be best if Major League Baseball, for Major League Baseball if the Dodgers were to win the World Series uh, the next couple years to prove that they have a broken system and it's ridiculous and they need to fix it. What are we talking about? The Dodgers are going to break through. They've made the NLCS five out of the last eight years. Well, people act like they're going to choke, which they, obviously isn't the case. Like, like what, what are we talking? Like, we're, we're, we're talking like are they, they're going to they're going to flounder in the post. They made the NLCS, which is the question, five out of the last eight years. And they're better now. So, yeah, I'll buy this. They'll make the NLCS. What are we talking about? Buy it. All right. Buy or sell. The Athletics won't win 60 games. Mm, I am selling that. You think they will? Yeah. I think it's really hard to, to, to not win 60 games. And although we want to act like the Athletics are horrific, and they have been in the past, 60 games is still a really, really low bar. I'm going to buy it. 
I'm going to buy it. That team sucks. That roster sucks. What's happening to the Oakland Athletics is sad. Uh, hopefully when they get to Las Vegas. Are they going to get to Las Vegas? Las Vegas' mayor is acting like they need to find a way to, to get themselves back in good graces with Oakland because they don't, they don't want them. That's what I, the mayor said, of course. I don't know. I don't know, I, how, I, I don't I don't, know how impactful the mayor is in Las Vegas. It's an absolute dumpster fire, and honestly, it's sad for the movie Moneyball. It ruins that movie for me now. What's happening to the Oakland Athletics? Um, I think if, if maybe the most slept-on franchise in baseball history is the Oakland Athletics. They've won over – I think they've won double-digit World Series, like – even in the Moneyball era, they make the postseason like every two, three years and have really good teams. I think they made it back in 2021. Um, that being said, are you asking me if the Oakland Athletics are going to improve by 10 wins this year? No. It's harder to gauge bad teams than it is good teams. Like, you can look at the Dodgers. They're over-unders, 104 wins. You can guesstimate. Like, the Dodgers' basement is probably like 98, 97 wins, and they can win up to 110. It's, I mean, when a team's that bad, you have literally no idea what's going to happen. They might have a couple guys that are that are very good. So I don't think they improve by 10 wins, so I guess I buy. He buys. Last two. Buy or sell. The Cubs suck. Trace? Buy. I'm also going to buy. Buy. Uh, what have they done this offseason that makes you think that they're committed to winning? They hired that coach. Mm. Some call him manager. Mm. Not me. I think we're forgetting how good their roster is. They've got all-star um, middle infielders that just won two gold gloves in Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner. They've got all-star caliber outfield in, in um, Ian Happ, Say Suzuki. Uh, Mike Talkman's not really an outfielder. I love not Suzuki. really an all-star. But they might get Cody Bellinger. Still might. Um, yeah, listen, the, the Cubs don't suck. The Cubs are – there's a reason, if you believe in Vegas, that they have – the best odds on some books and the second best odds on all the other books. So Cubs don't suck. Cubs are going to win 87 games. Okay. All right. Uh, and then the final one, buy or sell, love it or hate it. I love how we're still in the mailbag too on the rundown. But buy, or, <laughs> buy or sell, love it or hate it. <laughs> you going to buy it or sell it? I think you purposely sabotage this segment. I didn't sabotage anything. Yeah, I think you did. Buy or sell, love it or hate it. I think that if you go back to the drawing board and you scheme up the play, similar to similar to uh, maybe Zach Taylor's trick plays from time to time, they don't always go the exact way that it's drawn up to be because it hasn't been thought about long enough. I think if you go back to the drawing board for the love it or hate it, uh, I would I would buy the segment if you could figure out a way to make it a little more less obvious. Okay. In its current iteration, buy it or sell it? Uh, it's completely sold. Casey? Uh, I would sell it. I would make the, the love it or hate it more hypothetical base. Like, yeah. should the Bengals tag T. Higgins? Love it or hate it? Yeah. Buy or sell would be uh, the Bengals tag T. Higgins. That's going to make an impact or something. I don't know. Okay, read, buy it, or sell it. I uh, I love it. <laughs> Lindsay? Sell. So. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. Buy, buy, buy. Hit, buy, hey, buy. Casey, sell, sell, hit sell. the button. Buy, buy, buy. Hit the button, sell, Casey. Sell, sell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, other than that, listen, I tried my best. We tried to make today a fun show. And if you guys didn't like it, I can only do what I can do. And that's fine. <laughs> you guys didn't like when I brought up the clip of Dance Moms. You didn't like when I did Love I It or it. Hate It. You guys didn't like the mailbag. I can only do so many things here, and I tried my best to make it funny. If you guys don't think it was funny, I'll sit over here and I'll give serious sports takes. 
I'll just stay Could here. Could you I'll, do me one big I'll favor? I'll be real serious about it. Could you do me a favor? Yeah. Could you give me your serious sports take of all sports takes for today? Sure. First thing that comes to mind. First thing that comes to mind. First thing that comes to mind. I think passionate. the... I'll I slow what, that brain work. I said, what are you super passionate about? I think the NBA regular season is maybe, arguably, some of the worst products I've seen in sports. I think it's absolutely horrible. Last night, there was a Warriors game that occurred. Warriors versus Jazz. The halftime score was 82 to 74. The halftime score was 82 to 74. And that's a bad thing? That's At some that is a bad thing. At some point, thing. you have to try. Like we're going to we're going to we're going to sit up here and we're going to debate the legacies of some of these guys cuz they score 70 points in a season. All of them do it now because nobody plays defense. Nobody tries in the in the, in the regular season. They try on offense. Why don't they try on defense? All right, I, I, this is a fun little topic of debate. I actually think that more times than not, the NBA, they actually play damn good defense. It's just that the players have evolved, and they're so damn good now that offense beats good defense. Yeah. It just there's, does. Uh, there is I mean, no it, it way. is really tough to stop a seven foot two guy or a seven footer hitting threes. I can get some of the highlights from that Luka game, and I would change it. And I'm not saying that, that there aren't some games here or there that, that the defense is pretty insufferable. But for the most part, when you watch an NBA game, I do marvel at the fact of how good those guys actually are. Here, I'm I'll, I'll, unbelievably I'll, offensive. I'll help unbelievable out, offensive I'll help players. out Elliot here. That's not the game that you want to be looking at. It's the, what the Timberwolves and Trailblazers were. It was 44-14 to 14 in the first, first quarter. That's unacceptable. Bad well, I, teams in the NBA are bad. They are really bad. Just look at the Pistons. They've lost how many games in a row? Yeah. I, like I, the bad teams are horrible in the NBA. I, I don't know what you want me to say. I, I, I think that the NBA ha, has, a, has a serious problem when it comes to the regular season. Adam Silver does a great job with the playoffs. He does a great job marketing his guys. Uh, but it come, when it comes to me sitting down and watching a regular season NBA game, which I do from time to time, it is not fun to watch. It isn't. I, I, I get what you're saying, that good offense is sometimes better than, than good defense. But at the end of the day, when you have a total of 150 points scored in a half, I think there's a problem. I think 82-74 in the first half is preposterous. Well, that, I don't think that's the regular. What what what's the average NBA score? I think that you're using an extreme example right now to say Yeah, but that happens more that, that happens. happens often. That happens Well, if once it happens a often then that's fine. That means your average NBA game will, will will prove your point. I don't think that it is. Is what I'm saying. And I also think that if you sit down and you watch an NBA game that again, unfortunately the season's too long. So you're going to have situations where guys are doing load management. And can we also agree that it's Boston a little... Boston Celtics average 63 points can a we, game. Listen, what? Boston Celtics average 63 points a game. A game? Uh, per half? Per half. That's not terrible. I don't know. I, I think... Well, it listen, is a, it's a 24-second shot clock. That's part of it. Okay? Usually shots get put up relatively quick in the NBA. I wouldn't suggest it's a lack of defense as much as it is just an offensive philosophy. And I would tell you, if you sit down and you actually watch the NBA and you're like, you know what, you're, you're critically watching them play defense, more times than not, they are play, they're, they're playing what they can. I'm not trying to say that they play unbelievable defense in the sense that they stop people. I'm saying they're trying. They're trying. It's just really hard to stop guys that are incredibly talented like they are. I guess. Just watch it. Yeah, I do. I do. Instead watch of it. looking at the box score, just watch it for just a little bit. I'm not saying you have to watch the whole game. I'm saying just watch six, seven, eight minutes of it and see what you think. And listen, I don't. I don't want to sit there and watch them miss 
half their shots all like that. That's, and that's what college basketball is. That's a lot what of time. college basketball is. That's and that's fine. But I and again, maybe this I love is, college basketball, but there's not that many great shot makers in college basketball. NBA, without question, has <clears throat> has the best shot makers in the world. It's it's there's no doubt about it. I have no doubt. Anybody can pull up from 45 feet and drill it. They can do turnarounds. They can do crossovers. Any move you can think of, and any NBA player can do it at will. But I am saying that when you watch a regular season game, it's not good. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not very fun to watch. I think I can change your opinion on this. And it's not that I'm an ML, NBA slappy. Well, we it's that watch- I used to say the exact same thing you did until I got challenged on it. And I realized, you know what? I don't watch the NBA a whole lot. I just see the scores, and they're like 145 to 137. And I'm like, what the hell is this? This is impossible. You can't score that many points in a game if if the other team's actually trying to play defense. And then genuinely, I watched a couple games, and I've come to realize that one, the amount of time they play, two, the shot clock is a huge factor. 24 seconds is just not a lot of time. So they know inevitably when they come down the floor – it's one to two passes, and they need to create their own shot. I'm telling you, if you watch it, come back to me, and you tell me if you think they're genuinely not trying on defense. Before they changed up the rules of the All-Star game, the NBA All-Star game, before it became like Team Giannis versus Team LeBron. We're not going to use the All-Star game as an example. That's like using the Pro Bowl I am uh, football game as an example as to why NFL players don't care. I am going to use it. 192 to 182 was uh, was the score in 2017, and that's how they all were. Would you say that there was competitive defense there? That's Not an in an All Star game. game. No. Okay, that's okay. Okay, that's good. What about last night in a 140 to 138 game? Possibly, I'd have to see the I'd have to see the game to see that's whether or not, not they're that shot far making. away, brother. 140 to 137. I mean, we're also talking the all-star game where literally nobody plays defense. You can't argue. There's no defense whatsoever. Everybody's just shooting, and having fun. Yeah, but you're also talking about two teams that struggle on defense too. Like both those teams are very good on offense, great perimeter shooters, but both teams kind of struggle when in terms of defense. Okay. All right. Big C said the highest score in the NBA was the Warriors and Pistons scoring a combined 370 points in 1983. How many overtimes was it? I don't know. That's a good question. That could be the trick. Natty Ron wants to get back to Cincinnati sports. Is this the part where you set you ask you ask what 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 is it that you want to talk about? What do you mean? What? Natty Ron wants to talk about Cincinnati sports, and I think the question is is that you that you've proposed earlier is what exactly is there to? Uh, well, what there is to talk about is that the UC Bearcats and the Xavier Musketeers still have games. Not the Xavier Musketeers, but the UC Bearcats. Xavier still has uh, control of their own destiny. I would say no, they do not. Yes, they do. Everybody does then because you can just win the conference tournament and get in. Well, I'm not even talking about the conference tournament. I'm just saying in general terms, the, the fact of the matter is, is that they could win out in the regular season and then win a game or two in their conference tournament, and I would argue that they're, that they're good. If Xavier were to beat Marquette, they, they have to win out. I mean, if they win out, then yeah, I guess, I guess they have a chance if they win out. Other than that, they don't. UC has, has a chance where if, if you can win five games here, and that starts on Saturday for a must-win game, I have no doubt. But if, they can, if UC can pull it off against UCF, um, then they're right on track to make the tournament. They're still on track. They're still on pace. You disagree? So you think that you think, just to be clear, when I say that Xavier controls their own destiny, I want you to, I want you to agree with me, though, that they actually do 
and I'm not talking about genuinely they have to win their conference tournament. I'm saying that they have some good teams in front of them. If they were to win out, not likely, I'm here to say, not likely, but they do control their own destiny. Sure. And I'm not even suggesting that they have to win their conference tournament. If they beat Marquette twice, then I then yeah, right. then I guess then that's I guess then then, then, we're, then that's where we're at. I, but do you? But the, the question is, have they shown that they can do that this season? And that's my point the other day, and people wanted to scream and yell at me that Trace was an idiot and a moron for saying that UC had a must-win game against uh, against Iowa State at home, by the way. And then now they're gonna have to turn around and they're gonna have to play some mediocre teams. Yes, I get it, but the rest of their games that are against tough opponents, where you're gonna get a lot of credit, it's on the road. What makes me think? that they're going to possibly beat Houston on the road when they can't beat them at home. Any thoughts on that? I, I, again, I, I don't think – no. I, UC is fine. UC is fine. I'm not suggesting UC isn't fine. I think that's what you're, I think that's what you're alluding to. Well, I'm alluding to, the fa- I'm alluding to the fact that a lot of their games now that are left on their schedule against quality teams – are going to be on the road. Correct. And, I think, and I guess for UC's sake, they play better the good on the news road. is is that we have somebody that knows a lot more about their program than any of us in this room, and that is uh, Scott Springer from Cincinnati.com. He just, you just, are you fresh off the plane? I, I've been told that, hey, he's yeah. on a plane. He's, he's nice enough to try to see if he can't get uh, back into a spot where he can do an interview. Uh, so thank you for, one, joining the show. Uh, two, where, where are you at? How was the flight? Just so you know, you got us on like a 15-minute rant about airports and flights uh, at the start of this show. Well, I can join in on that rant probably. But, uh, yeah, flew in Frontier, just got to Orlando. So I found a, an outlet. I, I was trying to get you guys on the laptop. I'm, my IT uh, personnel did not travel with me, so uh, therefore we're on the phone. Uh, but, uh, yeah, big game tomorrow in uh, – in Orlando against UCF, who who is uh, not an easy team to play at home, really. And they beat uh, they beat Kansas at home. I hear Kansas is pretty good. So, um, and uh, they just played BYU in a crazy game, down uh, 13 at the half, and scored 62 points in the second half and got it close. It was a 90 to 88 loss, but having been to BYU, that's not an easy place to play. So. Uh, certainly no pushover at all tomorrow with UCF. All right, so I found myself in a little hot water uh, on the airwaves the other day when I said I felt like UC was kind of in a spot where it was a must-win against Iowa State. Now, obviously, that's not a direct actual thing where they clearly have to win to get in the tournament. We all know that there's more games to be played. They can certainly win the conference tournament and take care of it in that, in that little weekend there for the Big 12. But I guess my question to you now to put you on the spot here of asking the big daunting question is, at what point is it a must-win game, and is that tomorrow? I would think tomorrow would have to be a must-win game, although, you know, if you talk to the coaches, they're always going to say, well, they're all must-wins. And, yeah, they really could have served themselves pretty well by beating Iowa State, but, shoot, I don't know that Iowa State's defense wasn't better than Houston's, and Houston is, is rated higher, but, uh, you know, 25 turnovers, you're not going to win many games that way. You you tend to do better when you throw it to the guys in the same uniform. So they need to clear that up. They they got to clear up Victor Locken. He's he's got to he, he has to score. I mean, this guy was your leading scorer up until like two three games ago, and now three out of the last four hasn't scored. I I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's a non basketball matter, but you know he's certainly done it before. So 
you you need more out of your post guys and you know frankly bandango has has not done what he did last year at utah valley the best post player of late been jamil reynolds he actually has post moves and he's not weak with the basketball and uh hopefully that you know we'll see what goes on with him tomorrow but uh yeah, you're looking right now. Uh, I did something with Shelby Dermer, the Xavier writer, and I think it's out online on Cincinnati.com, but what each team needs to do. And, you know, UC's at 15 wins. Out of your next seven, I would say, okay, there's, there's, there should be three for sure wins there. There might be four. Anything beyond that would be extra. Um, and that would get you to either 18 or 19 wins on the season. But in this league, that that might get you to the tournament. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, the closer you get to 500 in this league, the better. 500 for sure gets you in. Uh, say they only win three of the next seven, you're then, what is that, seven and, and 11 in the league. So does that get you in? I don't know. Last year, West Virginia got in with a seven and 11 league record. On the other hand, they had six quad one wins. UC has two right now. Um, they could get four more, but in order to do so, they're frankly gonna have to steal a game that people didn't think they'd win. So where's that gonna come? You know, you, you've got Houston on the road, daunting task. You haven't beat Houston the last 10 games and uh, TCU is gonna be very tough in Fort Worth. Uh, the Bearcats beat them here, but TCU is a pretty good team. You, you never know, though. I mean, uh, nothing would shock me uh, in this league. Having having seen it, uh, they've been right in every game at some point. Probably the you know obviously the biggest blowout, if you want to say a blowout, was Iowa State, where they they end up losing by nine, mainly because they threw the ball more to Iowa State than they did to the Bearcats. And like I said, that's the problem. It feels like Wes is kind of in a in a tricky situation here with Vic. You obviously brought him up. It's no it's it's no secret that he struggled as of late, and it's become so apparent that obviously the Boo Birds have come out inside of Fifth Third Arena at times at him, and whether that's you know something that 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 should happen or not is irrelevant. My question is: is Do you feel like Wes is in a position where he's just dug his heels in? He knows in order for them to do anything successful at all this year. He's got to be a part of it at all. Or do you think that perhaps his perception's changing a little bit on Vic? And as you mentioned, a guy like Reynolds is going to start getting more and more time, and Vic's going to, just going to find himself, obviously, with less and less playing uh, playing time. Well, Wes is extremely supportive of the players who go out of his way to be extra positive. And, you know, there have been coaches that, that will, for lack of a better word, throw a guy under the bus. But... Uh, if, if Wes is critical about a player, he tends to come right back with a compliment about one. I, I've been to their practices. Yes, there, there's some yelling, but there's also a, a fair amount of positivity. So uh, what we're used to in the past in Cincinnati, you, you don't see. Now, each player is different. What works for Victor Lockett? You know, uh, it, it maybe would help if he were all pissed off and said, look, this is not me. I'm going to go prove to everyone. That's what you hope to see but I'm not in Victor's head. All I know is he, he's got a lot of talent. He's done it before he came in, you know, up to three games ago, he's averaging 12 points. He's had double doubles, he's blocked shots. This league is tougher, there's no question. But, uh, you know, part of me wonders, is this like a Steve Sachs case of the Yips or, or what is it? Now, that's not a popular thing to say in a press conference, so I try to not say it, I just said it to you, but. Um, sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what the issue is, if, it, if it's a, a mental thing or, you know, a good bit of a physical 
uh, athletics is, is mental. And if, if you can get all that going, you, you're in good shape. The more confident you are, the better you play. Uh, all right. The Bearcats obviously played UCF at home. They took care of them handedly. But obviously on the front end of that game in the first half, if you look at the box score, you just seen the score in and of itself. You'd say, oh, well, they had a, they had a game in which they, they ran away with. But that wasn't so much the case in the first half. Speaking of first halves in general, though, uh, the Bearcats have come, become notorious of getting off to slow starts. What do you – you've been around this program, obviously, all year long. Is there anything in your mind that you would point to as to why that is or it's just a little bit of a fluke? I don't know because typically uh, teams in the past, if they didn't have halftime leads, would tend to lose. It's just it was a stat. Uh, this team has only had two halftime leads since, I think, December 22nd. And um, let's see, they, they lost to West Virginia with a halftime lead, and it seems like they had um, one in, in one of the other games. Uh, but, yeah, they, they, the upside is they found ways to come from behind and win which is commendable, but uh, yeah, it would be much more pleasant if you could take a, you know, a double digit lead into the half and then, and then step on their neck in the second half. That's what every coach w would want. But yeah, I can't put my finger on it. The, uh, as you mentioned, the last UCF game, they jumped out, you know, 13, four UC, and then it, then it flips the script to, uh, to the Knights and they have a 12 point lead. And you're thinking, well, 12 points at halftime, this, this is probably not voting well. And then the Bearcats had a dramatic comeback. But, you know, like I said, that BYU game recently with UCF, they hit 61 points in the second half or 62, whatever it was. I mean, they're going to keep coming at you, and most of these Big 12 teams will. So um, it's just that you got to cowboy up, for lack of a better word, except don't do that against Oklahoma State come Wednesday because they are the Cowboys. But, uh, yeah, night up, cowboy up, do whatever you got. There you go. Scott, did you uh, was that was that a, a stream of consciousness joke right there? Or did you have that one in the tank? I I don't have very much planned in life. You know, it's like you get up in the morning and you first off you're upright. That's that's a good start, and then uh, I think we're all judged on how we make adjustments the rest of the day. You get thrown curveballs and get kicked in the crotch every now and then, and you gotta <laughs> you, you can't make the club in the tub, as they say. So you you keep going. There you go. I think you just described life pretty eloquently. Well, you enjoy the airports. You enjoy the flights. Hopefully, you enjoy the game tomorrow. Uh, you got anything fun planned down there? Are you? You're, I assume you're in Orlando. You got uh, any of the the, the yeah. big? Got a Mickey Mouse plan? You got any Universal plans? Oh what, yeah. What's, yeah. On, the, what's on the What's yeah. on the schedule yeah. there, Scott? Old guys like me, we like to be creepy and hang out at amusement parks. I'm gonna get my <laughs> trench coat on. No, I'm. I, I've not been to – I love it. I haven't been there since 2008, you know, when, when um, two of my sons were, were smaller. So until I have grandkids and uh, i got four boys who haven't given me grandkids yet, I won't be at Disney. But it is All a right. fun place. It's a happy place. But uh, first things first, I'm going to go get something to eat and see if they'll let me into my exotic Doubletree room. There you go. <laughs> you enjoy that Doubletree room. And until the next time, I appreciate you uh, – Taking a little time out and a busy schedule to, uh, to to talk some UC hoops. I got a chocolate chip cookie coming on the way, man. That, that's, all, that's all I'm looking forward to. That's are you, uh, would you is that is that out of choice? Is chocolate chip your favorite, or like you a white macadamia? Where are we at? Is chocolate chip? At oh the top no, of the I'm list? more of an oatmeal raisin. No, I'm just saying double tree normally hands you the chocolate chip, but gotcha. I, I prefer oatmeal raisin. It's it's got you know old guys need fiber and such. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, maybe ask them. You never know. Maybe ask them. They might have some oatmeal raisin in the back.
Yeah, yeah. All I, right. I, I might do that. I'll tell him. Chatterbox right, we'll... said I, I could ask. <laughs> well, yeah. Bring us up. It'll be coming. Look at his split. Don't worry about it. All right. Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. You take care. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll catch up on your cookie endeavor next time. All right. All right. See you, Scott. All right. There you go. UC Hoops. Must win. I mean, listen, I, I, I know I got torn apart last time for saying it's a must win, but we're in a situation now where you're at the end of the year, you only get so many cracks at it. And I'd like to think that being at home would help, but that's just not been the case for UC, to be fair. If there's anybody to push back on what I've said, it's that, well, UC doesn't win at home, they win on the road. And maybe maybe what he said, this team's just, uh, what's the right word? They're uh, dyslexic in a way. They, if they have a halftime lead, they lose. If, they have, uh, uh, if they're down at the half... Then they find a way to come back and win. Who knows? A little reverse ideology there. Yeah, but that's that's what it is, and that's what it's been. If there's if there's a chance that UC wants to jump out early and, and let me have a, a fun second half, and we can just watch them blow out UCF on the road, that would be ideal too. I'd appreciate that. I don't think that'll happen. I think it's going to be close, like every single game has been this year. Uh, and, and I'll have to sweat it all out. But good luck to the Bearcats, and and God God bless. Oh, you'll be locked in. You'll be locked in, as many will be in the city. Um, and listen, you know, it would be nice. It'd be really nice, especially when you, uh, not when you do a sports talk show, but when you're in sports in Cincinnati, it would be really nice if, if UC and Xavier could find themselves to be tournament teams. That would be a, that would be a big boost, I think, to the morale of the city. Thank the, thank the Lord that the, that the Reds um, kind of bounced back last year. Oh yeah. Not to put not to put a real big burden on our Fridays and make us feel really sorrow around here. But if the Reds went out and they won sixty games last year, it'd be pretty somber around here. Could you imagine if they did it this year? No, we're not gonna think like that. The city would burn. We're not gonna think like that. Do you love it or do you hate it? We're not <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> That's why we asked the question. <laughs> you are ridiculous. Are you proud of that segment? I am. I am proud you of that segment. Be. I love it or hate it, and, and I think we found we we got to the bottom of it. And then it switched to buy or sell, and then we bought. Love it or hate it. All right, this show really hasn't been uh, significantly serious all day. Maybe you like that, maybe you don't. Um, but when there's not a whole lot of sports to talk about, we try to keep it fun, keep it light, keep it entertaining. So love or hate, draft or die. Uh, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Um, you you burned that one to the ground too. I burned it. That you, was your you idea. Bad, that ground. was a that was a bad game. And if you you guys want a stat stat of the day here at a uh, sure stat of the day stat of the day. The Cincinnati Bengals had a better winning percentage stat, 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 than the Cincinnati Reds last stat year. Of the day. That's your stat of the day. Gotcha. Well, that's probably because one team decided to sit uh, their entire roster the last week of the season, and that would be the uh, Cleveland Browns. So that allowed you to get that uh, ninth win, right? Is that what it was? Just saying. That's correct. Just saying. Yeah. That was the Delta, that final game of the season. Well, congratulations to the Bengals. I'm glad they have a better winning percentage than the Reds. <laughs> Turns out that's a, that's something to be proud of. I do uh, have, but I, here's a, I, do, I do have a cherry on top, if that's okay. We'll end it with a cherry on top. This is, um, this is a sports show, so I, I do have a cherry on top. Okay, Mr. Related. Serious Sportsman, you, go ahead. Did you send it to me? Yep, it's the. It should have been the first. Thing <laughs> this I this sent, producing yeah. over here, by the way, the communication between the the producer and the uh, the the co-producer is at an yeah, all-time high. Uh, here's what I'm gonna do while they're while they're sorting that out. Um, favorite cookie all the way around the room, and then we'll do the cherry on top. Go. Favorite, favorite, uh, please, let me think. You can't. You have to White think. White macadamia nut. 
Terrible choice. My Love mine is the, uh, the the thumbprint cookies. You know the ones that you get at Graders. They have a little icing on them, like a little circle cookie, like little tiny. All cookies are all cookies are circle, but the little tiny baby ones. I like those. Hmm. No idea what you're talking about. What was yours, Casey? The white macadamia nut. Me and Casey are on the same page there. I don't know how you think anything's better, but I, obviously that's why people have a, uh, their own taste buds and their own opinions. Uh, to be different, I just for the first time tried the the Girl Scout cookie, the lemon flavored uh, shortbread cookie. Yeah. From Girl Scout. It's yeah. Called Lemonades. Fantastic. So I'll Are say they? that one. Okay. If if it wasn't that though, it was white what? macadamia. Okay, then there we go. Lindsay. Uh, I like the peanut butter cookies with the Hershey Kiss in the middle of it. Those are nice. Mm -hmm. Those are good. Uh, say that again. It's like a peanut butter cookie. But yes. You yes. Put a Got Hershey it. Kiss in the gotcha. Sit one down. Those ones aren't bad. I don't it's a, it's almost too much chocolate for me but All right this is a show presented by United Dairy Farmers and this is the United Dairy Farmers cherry on top Yes Elliot yesterday there was a basketball game between Farley Dickinson uh, and Long Island University it was at LA, it was at LIU uh, FDU the, the 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 whole team was stuck in an elevator so they had to delay the game until they could get these guys out. This is brutal. So that is the cherry on top. That's absolutely preposterous. And that's why if you're ever in a situation where you can take one flight of steps, one way or the other, up or down, and you are capable of taking them, I'm not suggesting that if you're not capable of taking them, then you don't do this. Clearly, that's why their elevators were made um, for situations where you need to avoid steps. I get it. But that's why you always take the steps. Farley Dickinson went on to win this game after... Being stuck in that elevator for God knows how long. Damn. How do you feel if you're the other team? Bad. Seems like a very, 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 very good advantage. Did hey, go these guys are rolling in. They've just did, been stuck on an elevator for a couple hours. Did go to overtime though. Man. Well, that's why they had they had their they had their fresh legs. They that's took right. the elevator. That's right. Okay. All right. That uh, will do it for this Friday's edition of Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Thank you to United Dairy Farmers as always for supporting us, and thank. All of you for doing what you do each and every day, which is watch our goofy little show, and we try to make it better and better. And it looks like these two over here are going to have to work overtime. I was trying to give them a little bit of a break, but the reality is, is that the people want them, then the people get what they want. That's how this show works. It's a show of the people. So we'll see you with a full cast of characters on Monday. But don't forget, we have some other things that I want to promo just before we go off air. We still have Dialed In with Tom Brenneman. That's right. Yes, yep. we do have box lunch coming just a little bit later. That is, if Mother Nature doesn't play a part in this and yep. somehow we get snowed in. We do have, we have another interview? Or am I missing something? Just one big interview. And for those that are members, Elliot V. Trace Tennis Edition is live. Yep, if, so if you're a member, you're able to watch the tennis match right now. Or okay. you could have watched it last night. Fair enough. So go watch the tennis. Go watch. Stick around for the big interview coming up at noon. Uh, and then box lunch, I guess, is TBD. We don't know about box lunch. All right. Hey, dialed in with Tom Brenneman coming up next on Chatterbox Sports. Have a good weekend, everybody.